Log Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Oh boy, I can't hear anything. It sounds like you're driving on the road. 
I'm here now. Uh, trying to figure out what in the world is going on with this site. Yeah, you are like you sound like you're underwater and driving uh, like on the highway. So I cannot connect directly through the computer at all. That option, that button, it just isn't on the web page at all. So what happened was they still have a Skype button up there, even though you haven't been able to use that for a couple of years. So I clicked on it oh. to connect as the host, and I'm connected as the host. However, I can't hear anything or, or say anything. No, you're, so you're now I'm calling in through the phone line. Yeah, now you put your duplicate now, so now you're sound. Now you're talking double. So I don't know if it's still picking up your. Uh, I think but it might still be picking up your computer uh, headphone or something. My computer microphone. Okay, well let me hang up the phone and try to <laughs> go that way. Alright, that's what I was kind of afraid of is that the computer microphone is working but that's messed up because I have the real microphone plugged in so that's what's supposed oh. to be working that's why I'm confused yeah no I'm picking up some like it took me forever just to get the direct connect button to even appear on the site tonight so it finally popped up it and I clicked it yeah it never did appear for me so yeah, that's what it, the it, problem it, you should uh, you should definitely hear the sound in the background. It literally sounds like you're driving in your car. Yeah, I know the computer microphone is obviously not good for hosting a podcast because it's not specific. <laughs> it picks up so many ambient sounds. I never wanted to host that way, but that's that's what we're going with. So how? Okay. Uh, so it's, well, wouldn't, you, it wouldn't be a normal night unless something's screwing up. So you can hear me over the computer. Yes, I hear you right now. I'm assuming okay. we're on air, even though, even though uh, on the Direct Connect site it said the show doesn't start till 3 a.m. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I think we've been on air since the since nine o'clock Central. It's just that I didn't know if I was being heard or not. Yeah, and I, I just got in, and so yeah, I just uh, just have been able to hear you here for the last couple of minutes. So we we always have fun with with blog talk, and yeah, it sounds like you're racing in an indie car race. Yeah, I apologize, folks. It's going to be one of those nights. Uh, <laughs> it's much 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 better when I'm doing it on the real microphone, which doesn't pick up all this ambient noise. But that's uh, that's what we're working with. Yeah. It's okay. I didn't realize you lived at a at a racetrack. Okay, so would it be better if I called in on the phone then instead of the oh, computer? Oh no, I can I can still hear you. You're actually pretty clear. It's just in the in it's when you're not talking, it sounds like engines revving in the background. It's actually pretty it's it's actually pretty interesting. It's like now we have a NASCAR podcast. <laughs> That's the computer making all that noise, which the micro you know, my microphone doesn't pick that up. My actual real <laughs> podcasting microphone. But you've got some enough. impressive computer. You've got an impressive computer. If the computer sounds like a a NASCAR engine, no, it's just old. Oh, okay. Is so, it going to blow up on you at any minute? I mean, are it we might. in danger here? Okay. It was my mother-in-law's laptop, so ah. very old. Probably needs to be replaced, but 
Yeah, get some get that, yourself some compressed got. air. Compressed air always does a good job, you know. Blow that thing out. May have to look into that. All right, we're finally on the air uh, after ten minutes or so. And he's Jay, I'm Dre. This is indeed, in much less detail, the podcast. We're here with you live on a Saturday night, January the 19th, 2019. And it's going to be very weird uh, doing the show like this because I, I can't really hear myself at all. I can hear you when you speak, but I can't hear myself because it's not picking up like it's supposed to. But that's because I'm trying to speak through the computer microphone instead of through a real microphone. So. Gonna be gonna be interesting. I'm I really can't wait to hear what this sounds like uh, after it's over. But uh, I'm, I'm very gonna be very curious about that. So yeah, any all the ambient noise, all the uh, paper shuffling that I usually get to do uh, silently uh, that you can't hear me do, you're gonna hear all of that tonight. You're gonna hear me uh, moving notebooks around and going from this piece of paper to that piece of paper. Uh, and anytime I turn away from the computer, it's gonna sound like even more of a of a NASCAR event, I'm sure, uh, but you know we're doing it live, so that's that's how we roll here. All right, uh, this weekend the divisional on the semifinal weekend wildcard round saw all these road teams rise up and and show everybody what they're made of, and all the road teams covered the spread. And three of the four road teams won their games and made it to the divisional round. And then in the divisional round, the home teams stood up and said, "No, we're we're, we're putting some, we're restoring some order here. We're slapping all of you down. We're taking back what's ours." Uh, the case can even be made that the one team, the one home team last weekend that didn't cover, had maybe the most impressive outing considering uh, what they had to rally back from the, the early hole that they dug themselves. Uh, so, what stood out to you about uh, the divisional weekend? Uh, where do you want to start off uh, recapping last weekend? No, I mean it was just it was chalky. I think we actually talked about that on the when we made the picks for the show that you know it, the the trends have switched from you know over the last few years where wild card weekends were were like heavily underdog driven, and then from that point on, after once you, it's almost like the NCAA tournament. You, know, you get the you get your shockers out of the way early, and then eventually it just becomes chalk, and that, that was about as chalk as it can get, considering that we're looking at you know a one and two matchup in both conferences here. So so no major no major surprises. Although a couple of the teams that held serve at home, uh, most notably the Patriots, who a lot of people were were thinking were kind of right for the plucking against the Chargers, and then the Rams, who I know were not the popular pick. Um, their history recently did not say that, that, that what they were going to do was, was people thought they were ready for that. And everybody knew that the Rams' run defense was garbage and, then, you know, the, the Cowboys were going to come in and just run it down their throats, and it turned out to be the exact opposite of what everybody expected. The, the wrong team got run the ball down their throats. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the – prevailing perception that the Cowboys have maybe been surpassed for best run-blocking team in the NFL by the Rams. And, oh, my goodness, did they look like the better run-blocking team on last Saturday night uh, by a mile. Boy, howdy. I think the, the surpassing has been completed. 
Yes, because now apparently all you need to do if you're a good run blocking team is sign a dude off the street to run for 130 yards, you know, in a divisional round playoff game. Hey, dude, did you used to play in the NFL? Good. Come on in. Let's go. I, 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 I saw somebody walking by. Yeah, come on yeah. in. Let's go. You, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't just sign somebody this week off the street. Where, where's Doug Martin? You know, maybe he can run for a buck forty tomorrow. That's the other key. Is he has to be a former Raider. He has to be somebody that uh, Murga threw out <laughs> the street. Uh, <laughs> yes. The only way you can succeed. Yes. Yeah. What a what yes. an outing by Tyrone, CJ Tyrone Wheatley. Tyrone Wheatley is going <laughs> to start tomorrow for the Rams and run for you know 170 yards against the against the Saints. It, it was incredible. Anybody could run uh, for 100 yards behind that O-line the way they were just getting out there and destroying yeah. people and all the people. And that was and, the and, most and impressive it was the, about it. And it was the change it's of bases that kept going on in that game where you had it. They start with Gurley, switch to Anderson. Anderson just completely in the middle third of that game wears out the Cowboys. And... You know, just when there's like, oh, God, we can't take this battering ram anymore. Here comes Todd Gurley back again, pretty fresh looking, and, and just puts the, you know, puts the final dagger in them late in that game. I mean, it was, yeah, basically they had the Cowboys where they wanted them that whole game, and it was almost with that run game like they were toying with them. Yeah, it seemed like they were trying to keep Gurley fresher. Uh, that he's, oh. you know, clearly not 100%, so they didn't want to wear him out. So uh, let's run him a few times, and then let's get CJ in here. Let's run him a few times, and they, they kind of played a tag team and switched them off, and it, it worked. It worked in perfection. Yeah. So I, I guess we can, uh, you know, sort of put to bed the Rams not being ready or not being able to show up. They, they got their win, right? That's all it takes. You got to get the one win, and now then all of a sudden you've arrived. Uh, it it depends depends on who you talk to, but sure, that's the narrative that you can you can paint. Uh, but nobody knew that was coming. That's uh, that's what made it so uh, spectacular and impressive, especially to us who picked against them and picked Dallas yeah. to win straight up, even though they were huge seven and a half point underdogs. Uh, I guess the betting public knew something. They had uh, that much confidence in the Rams after they the second half that they of the season that they had to still make them seven and a half point favorites. Um, and, and they buy a half a point, though, but, hey, they got it. They, they knew what they, they were covered. talking about. They, they, they covered, and, they, and you never really had a feeling like they were going to lose that game. I mean, I never had the sense like the Cowboys were coming back or, t- or like that they were going to be able to muster enough. Ezekiel Elliott ran for, what, 50 yards? Not that, not good. Yeah, props to Sean McVay for putting the Rams' offense back on the right track. But, yeah, the defense shutting down the Cowboys was certainly a, a huge key as well. I, but I, I should have known when the Rams were, were hella struggling the whole second half of the season, but they were still running, like, no-huddle offense and snapping the ball the moment they were set. Sean McVay is, is very single-minded, and he wanted that team to be uh, trying to play as if they were just – the world beating, you know, the world beaters that they had been, even when they were struggling. He was, you know, we're still going to be up-tempo. We're still going to go as fast as we can. And so I should have known they were going to bounce back just based on that. He's got 
the utmost confidence in his system and his players, and, and, it, and it really showed. They never lost confidence in how they did their work, and it really uh, paid off against the Cowboys. The timing of that play action was unstoppable. It, it wasn't the same Rams offense that you saw in November and December. It was just totally different. And you, uh, in that game, uh, were starting definitely uh, in the middle there. We're going with the, the second game of Saturday night. Uh, that we're breaking down here, but that wound up that happened to wind up being probably the best call of the weekend by either one of us. Where you said for your X factor that it was time for Indomitian Sue to start making his money and playing yeah. like he deserved uh, that money, and yeah, he did that. He played exactly how the Rams would want him to play. Uh, he was absolutely a monster. Uh, I guess this is playoff suit now, the playoff mode. I don't know, but uh, if he plays like that again, uh, the Rams are really, really going to be tough to stop. Yeah, which which is interesting because I know you were talking, uh, you know, setting yourself up there a little bit for uh, taking the angle that the Saints possibly had the most impressive win. I, I would not, I mean, that's a team, you know, that, a team that they were supposed to just roll in the uh, in the Eagles, they, you know, to come out there to come out as flat as the uh, as the Saints did, throws up throw a pick right away to start the game. Next thing you know, you blink your eye, you're down fourteen nothing, and now the defense held after that point, you know, and so that became an admirable stand by the Saints. But still, at the end of the day, to <clears throat> to only put up twenty, and I, I mean, I don't know about you, but if that, I don't, I got the feeling like if that ball doesn't slip through Alshon Jeffrey's hands and end up in Marcus Lattimore's lap, that the Eagles weren't going to go and win the game. There was more Foles magic uh, brewing. That's, yeah. that's, I was very afraid. <laughs> and, and, and it's sort of a trend now that I've seen out of the Saints. That if there's any worry for the Saints since that Cowboys game, they haven't, you know, and Drew Brees, they just haven't looked the same. This is not the same Cowboys, I mean, uh, Saints team as the team that was just rattling off all those wins and, and you know, putting 40 up, it seemed like, on everybody. This, this I don't know if this is going to be as, you know, as easy, especially not knowing which direction the Rams are coming from. Now what do you game plan for? Do you game plan for this bruising, rushing attack of the Rams and play action, or are you looking for the, the you know, no huddle, slinging the ball all over the place? I mean, it's going to be an interesting matchup, especially up front, where I know the, the Saints are a bit banged up. And I, I, I was not impressed by the Saints in that win over the Eagles. I can make the argument that it was impressive based on where they had to come from, uh, but there's no denying that, of course, the, the start was was not optimal, and they no. certainly put a scare into every anybody that was supporting them or thinking that yeah. they were uh, a Super Bowl uh, front runner. That you hear a lot of people say that's the team now that of all the teams left, uh, they were saying that even last week of all the teams left that that's the team yeah. uh, that you should put your money on it. They didn't look like it in the first quarter, that's for sure. No, I can guarantee you. I'm not going to make a bold prediction here, but if the Rams go out fourteen nothing in the first quarter. Uh, that's not going to be a twenty to fourteen final. <laughs> uh, certainly, I wouldn't think so. Okay, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to switch the microphone that okay. Skype is using from the computer to the actual uh, this real this microphone. This should be fun. Plugged in. This should be so fun. Give me a give me a few seconds to do that. Uh, entertain the people while I attempt to pull this off. Okay, so so yeah, as I was saying, Andre's full of crap.
that Saints win was not impressive. The only home, and there's the only team, the only home team that didn't cover the number this last week. So I, I, I wasn't I wasn't too crazy about that. And you know, Nick Foles and the magic it, it, it wore off and it wore out. But I was really uh you know, you always find yourself kind of pulling for the underdog after a while. And I did not. I, I actually found myself not wanting the Eagles <laughs> for almost the same reasons like I don't want the Patriots, like oh I don't want to see this again. I I don't want to you never really felt like the Eagles deserved it. You know, like they were they earned it the year before and they were that magical story. Um, I think we really do have, you know, as of right now, the four best teams. Uh, it was impressed. It was impressive the way New England just handled their business against the the, the Clippers and uh, the Chiefs. I did I didn't see that coming uh, in the snow and in the cold, just completely stifling and showing up on defense. So so teams sort of sort of changing from what we were expecting. It's it's amazing how that happens when you get deep into the playoffs. You know, the Chiefs were supposed to be. The other team, ripe for the plucking, the Colts were a very uh, popular pick. Andrew Luck, you know, uh, they were on a roll. He was going to go in there, and, and he was just going to light up that just brutal Kansas City secondary. And I, 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 there's one I did nail, which was that that Kansas City pass rush and that Kansas City defense, completely different at home. And, boy, that showed up. So that's going to be another. That, so both of these matchups tomorrow are, are extremely compelling. And then you have, we already talked about the Rams' identity uh, was to get, you know, completely gashed on the ground, one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, and completely took away the best thing that the Cowboys do, which is run the ball down your throat. And it's not the most creative offense. They ended up firing their OC this week. I guess somebody else, somebody else noticed that the Cowboys pretty much were a, you know, a one-trick pony. You just run Ezekiel Elliott and then throw it to Amari Cooper. And if that doesn't work, you get beat. So... Guess that means you got to go, Scott Linehan. Hopefully, Andre's um, back. Can, can you hear You're me back. now? Yes, and you sound much better. I think we're back to we're actually oh, back to normal goodness. now. It sounds like it doesn't sound like yes. you are in the Indy Five Hundred anymore. <laughs> I was able to very easily switch from one microphone to the other, so that's uh, that was much easier to pull off than I thought it would be. Which is which is really interesting, considering that Skype had not been supported by Blog Talk for so long. I mean, we used to use, I mean, Skype is like used used to use that in the old days. Right. I don't really understand why that was always an option, except for now, since the regular way to connect wasn't an option, that button has completely disappeared. Thank God Skype was up there, because otherwise I would not be on uh, using a regular microphone. I would have to be on the on the telephone, which I really hate using that. Yeah, the phone, the fidelity of our connection when we're on the phone. I mean, obviously, we get the show done, but there's a delay when we're on the phone right. that we don't have when, we on, when we're on this connection right now. But, yeah, when we're on the phone, it's like there's a good two-second pause. It, one of us has to wait for for the other one to see if we're done talking because it could just be that someone's taking a breath and then they, they keep going again. It's like, oh, shit, you know, and, and here we go. So yeah, yeah I, was just doing, I was just giving my uh, sort of uh, giving a blowhard view there of uh, of those games and how the the two teams that really you know played against their type um, were the Chiefs and the Rams on on Saturday and Sunday. 
Well, I heard I was I was hearing the whole thing. The earphones never went out, so I heard everything you yeah. said. So I heard you start off by telling everyone that you thought I was full of crap. As you yeah, were you're full of crap. breaking that down. I, I didn't think you were, I didn't think you were listening, so I thought I'd slide that in. Of there. course. So, you're just I'm, impressed I'm, by I'm the gonna... Saints. You're just impressed by the Saints because that's your Super Bowl pick, and I get it. I have to fight back. I understand I'm biased, but I'm going to fight back anyway. <laughs> Seriously, is there any bigger test for New Orleans to pass? Been down fourteen nothing to the Super Bowl champs, and not allowing another point the rest of the way. Come on. Yes, I, they I understand down, they didn't cover the. If they if that was fourteen, they they were down in the third or fourth quarter. It's fourteen nothing in the NFL now. That that's nothing. I, I mean, fourteen. It's like you sneeze and somebody scores two touchdowns. Now, but the momentum of being down fourteen nothing, a lot of teams get run over at fourteen yeah. nothing. You don't I, feel out of comebacks from that. I did not ever feel even at fourteen nothing, and then and the Saints came right back. Uh, I mean, it made that fourteen seven pretty quick. That wasn't one of those where at fourteen nothing, I'm like, oh yeah, it's over. I, I, I knew at fourteen nothing there was probably a very good likelihood that the the spread was blown, but I did not have a feeling that the that the Saints were just like they're doomed. And, and they're never going to come back from this, and they're clearly not the better team. No, I think the, I think the Eagles gave them their best punch. Uh, it doesn't help that Drew Brees threw a pick to start, you know, very like very first snap um, that he goes to throw, and he throws a pick, uh, not a good start. So that it just, it, it, you know, and so the Saints were, you know, maybe, maybe it was rust. They hadn't played uh, anything meaningful in what three, at least three weeks, you know, considering right. that they. Didn't you know? So yeah, it, it, sometimes you see that in a uh, in a division round where the home team, especially if they rest, a t- you know, or they have it all locked up early and they come out and they gotta kind of like you know get take that punch in the face to kind of whoa, okay, this is real. <laughs> we're not just gonna right, show we're, up we're, and walk over these guys. We're yeah. in trouble here. If yeah, we don't get it together. We're out of the playoffs. Yeah, I, yeah. I, they, I don't have a feeling they're gonna come out that way against the Rams. But after watching what the way the Rams handled the Cowboys. That's definitely, you know, the, every team is stepping up in class this week. I don't think there's a, I don't think we're looking at any of these four teams and you clearly have that, that pretender, like, oh, this team doesn't really belong here. No, it's, it's statistically the four best scoring offenses in the league. It's yeah. clearly all the, the momentum of the defenses the last few years has completely flipped and turned around. And now it's all about the offenses. And yeah. me being the sad so, geek, I, I, I was I'm really to say, they interested to see if this continues. <laughs> they completely yeah. crapped. Now, all over your defense. Now, I'm wondering, though, if somewhere in those defensive stats is anything that helps you make these picks. Although I know you've been on the record with what your picks are pretty much all week, but we'll still get to that for people who don't follow you on Twitter, that yeah, you pretty much threw down the gauntlet and said, here's who I got. Nah, nah. Um, mm-hmm. But as you, I'm assuming you still did the diligence and dug through the numbers. I don't know if any of you saw in the numbers since you're the stat guy, uh, maybe you second guess your gut react picks at all. No, I, I have to say that the numbers did not make me second guess anything it- backed up the like things are going to go to to take all the completely they both home teams are clearly the better team and should go yes. ahead and, and and win their games and cover the spread even though it's going to be very interesting that both teams are getting just a complete cop out 
uh, point spreads, and there's no clear advantage for either one in that respect. Although the Saints have been three and a half all week long, they just mm-hmm. went to three today. So yeah. some late money uh, on the Rams with that hook, which I, I'm not surprised at all by that. But at the moment right now, what we're going with is minus three for both home teams. That's where and, it's, it's and right no, now for what I see. So, yeah, that's as I would have picked these games um, – I'm looking at minus three. I'm actually looking at the same odds and same over under on both games. That's amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, they are was both. Half they're both fifty-six the and a half right now, uh, for what I can okay. see. And they're both minus three, so it's straight cop-out lines. So pushy territory, smelling pushy, and yep. we've got the same over under on both games at that fifty-six and a half. That's quite amazing. Which is, but, and it's interesting because the final score for both games that I have, just no no spoilers here, but they're both under. Oh. So I am actually just throwing it out there. I am under on both of these games, although one of the games I actually have at 56. That's under. <laughs> That's still under, but I have one of the, yeah. So I'm actually, I, I like the under on both of these games, so go figure. And I know that's definitely and, not – I think that's been more of the trendy pick on New England and Kansas City because of weather, not the trendy pick at all on Rams and Saints. That's that's a lot of people, I think, throwing overs on that one who are thinking this is going to be, I'm, you know, 44-41 territory or something. Right. I'm one of them. I, I like the over on, yeah. both, on both games. So Okay. And uh, honestly, I think the over – uh, favors the home teams in both of the games. Yes, I, I agree with that. I, I, okay. I also agree with that uh, because both of the uh, road teams played so much worse on the road this year than they did at home. So uh, if uh, it is a, a shootout, uh, yeah. Now, now the Rams are <laughs> what thirteen and three in the last two seasons, I believe, on the road under this McVeigh and Goff combination, but the Patriots were just brutal on the road. I mean, and the splits for the Patriots on the road, um, not just the three and five road record, you know, uh, with, so all of their losses on the road, almost, I mean, exclusively to, you know, pretty much bad teams. Um, and even some of their road wins were a little dicey or games, you know, close games like the bear game and so, you know, so nothing in, in high scoring game, but yeah, the, the Patriots defense is not traveling at all. Uh, Tom Brady is not traveling at all. So, yeah, uh, I would uh, I would tend to, uh, even though I have to take the Patriots tomorrow, I would uh, tend to <laughs> concur with the, the suspicion that the, the the especially for Kansas City, uh, I think the I think the Chiefs have a much bigger advantage. I honestly think if they were playing anybody but Tom Brady and the Patriots, and and that that line would probably be five or five and a half, just. Basically, that's a cop-out line more out of respect to the Patriots, I think, than the actual X's and O's of the game. Yeah, I think you're right. Respect and fear. Fear that if you finally want to yes. put the Patriots down and say that it's over, yep. that's when they decide to rise up. And, ah, same reason, same reason I believe we both picked the Patriots last week. Because <laughs> they're just not dead yet. Because they're the Terminator, and you can't beat them. Yeah. And you just, yeah. And, you know, even though when you looked up and down that roster – the Chargers were vastly more talented offensively and defensively. Uh, the Patriots came out and probably played the best game they played all year. I mean, that was pretty much damn near perfect, right? How depressing was that game last Sunday? 
I mean, as slavishly devoted to defend, uh, to deferring the kickoff as the yep. Patriots have been throughout this whole thing, they the fact that they elect to receive uh-huh. uh, should have should have been a warning, should have been a sign right there that they were yep. out for blood. And, and they went uh, right down the was, field. Yep. And scored a touchdown, they, uh, and that was yeah. They pulled a hassle back. They wanted the ball, and they wanted to score. Except they actually did. And they made it look easy. Uh-huh. Seven-minute drive. Felt like yeah. it lasted 30 minutes. And James White, moving 15, the on 15 third down. receptions for James White. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. It was. It, it was. Uh, they they got stuck running the ball uh, the first couple of carries. And then <laughs> because they were out there for an hour, uh, eventually, yeah. uh, the, the, the San Diego Clippers wore down, and Sony Michelle started grinding and uh, gaining some some big yardage uh, to get the bailout uh, in the end zone with Gronk on third down. The bailout pass yeah. interference, he got a little bit of that sprinkled in. It was, it was perfect. It was just a perfect day for New England. A perfect start to it. Uh, Casey Hayward with the interference, very familiar sight to go long on third down and get a, a pass interference call on a, on a uh, ball that probably really sh- shouldn't have been contested. It probably wasn't going to be uh, a touchdown, but you, you get the, the bailout and you get the one yard touchdown. Uh, even the immediate answer by the, uh, by the, the, the chargers with the Phillip rivers home run to Keenan Allen, that didn't, that didn't stop him. That didn't slow him down at all. The new England comes right back and gets in the end zone, the very next drive. And yep. all those rivers bombs got defended uh, as the game went on. New England just kept scoring. And, and that was that. And it was just like, okay, this is just, this is over. You just knew it was over. Yeah, well, that's 35-7 at halftime, I believe, or 38-7. <laughs> I mean, it was – yeah, it was a clinic. It was a clinic. But that, not, that's the Patriots at home this year. And not to mention they finally uh, forced the New England to punt the ball, and what happens? Desmond King fumbles it right back to him. It's like, oh, come on. Okay. So, the, the pretenders yeah, is, are, are out of the way now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you really feel like, you know, those those four teams that are all gone got to exactly where they should have gotten to. Nobody got hosed. Uh, you know, n- nobody nobody had their season snuffed out premature. Um, I, I did get the sense that had Alshon Jeffrey knock on Butterfingers there at the end, that that may have been a very interesting finish there in New Orleans. But, hey, Saints still picked it off, right? Marshawn Ladmore didn't drop it. How many times have you seen that? Sure. So I they went made, right they, through. The, the, the Saints made one Sam. more play. Yeah, than he could have dropped. <laughs> yeah. Right. The Saints, well, and that's what it really boiled down to. Well, to start the turnaround, uh, the, as I give credit to your second best call of the week, which is uh, the ultimate X factor, uh, the up back Taysom Hill taking yeah. a fake punt and getting that one yard that they needed, uh, the huge momentum swing, a, a gutsy call by Sean Payton. Uh, and then uh, they, right after that, if you remember, they got a hard count uh, free shot and go deep middle to Michael Thomas for 42 yarder. And that just, uh, the, the Eagles defense, the uh, coverage had really been tight up until that point, And that really loosened things up. And, and before that, it was, uh, it was tough sledding, no matter what the Saints tried to do. Um, and, and they didn't even go all the way to score immediately off of that. They had to go fourth down in that drive to go fourth and two. Uh, and if they don't get a touchdown there, uh, if all if that, after all that with the fake punt and, and the big bomb to Thomas, if they fail on fourth and two, 
I think it's over there still. I think the Eagles uh, put them away even uh, with all of that momentum change. It's probably done at that point. So uh, that's why I was saying, and I'll continue to say, that was the best performance in the face of adversity of any team in the playoffs. All these other seven wins uh, were pretty much, you know, easy peasy ham and egg compared to what the Saints had to do to come back. So I, that was very, very impressive to me. And I really think I would say that even if I didn't pick them to win the Super Bowl <laughs> a year ago. I really think I would. You think so? That's but okay. Of, but, of course, I'm biased. Yeah. I, and I will say, I actually thought I'd knocked out three decent uh, picks there on my X-Factors this last week. And then, the, and then yeah, I did, did nothing – got nothing from my new england x-factor Dwayne allen was was didn't even i don't even know if he played that was, that was like ghost territory um yeah you kicked but yeah because he was a ghost before and he continued to be a ghost he was still a ghost so good job uh, but you know I had, I had d ford showing up big in the uh division round that's why i forwarded you that article because i was like oh, oh damn about the x-factor <laughs> about the x yeah about somebody basically talking about what an x-factor d ford is and i'm like i believe i said this uh before the game it's it's great yeah. that you said that after, uh, and that the guy who wrote that article <laughs> said that. But I believe I had that before the game. That's more impressive than calling it after. Um, and you know when I, I looked look look at our numbers, but our our listenership keeps uh, keeps going up. Uh, I think we get more listeners by the day. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, but I had yeah D Ford, Taysom Hill, and Dominic and Sue. Uh, yeah, three three out of the four games. I was I was pretty pretty good. On those uh, on those X Factor picks, I felt pretty good. Yeah, so the uh, Colts uh, get put away. Uh, yeah, that was my bad call. I mean, that, that neither one of us had a great week, but one and three for me, and, and two and two for you. But ugh. yeah, yeah, you said that Indy KC game. That was it because so much more opportunity for you in as far as our handicapping contest uh, if the Colts come through, but uh, they could not get it done against the Chiefs. No, and they never really they never looked like they were in that. And you know, when we talk about the Patriots unimpressive home and road splits, now you're starting to see all the stats that are coming through this week about the Kansas City Chiefs impressive uh defensive metrics and how much different they are at home versus on the road, which we had talked about when I so I made the damn pick, had the Chiefs X factor and picked and took the Colts. Even though I pretty much telegraphed the fact that the Chiefs play. They play a completely different style of this attacking defense. They get after the quarterback. I mean, it, it is night and day the amount of points they were giving up at Arrowhead. I believe it was only like eighteen, and then on the roads they're giving up thirty-one. Yeah, and you know, on the amount of sacks they generated home, I think they had the most sacks of any team in the league at home, and the most pressures. I mean, so yeah, and, and, and of course I didn't listen to myself. Even and then I, and then I go and take the Chiefs X factor, who. Uh, showed up big time, and they still and I still took Andrew Luck in the Colts because I just knew that that Chiefs secondary was just absolute trash. Uh, it may still be, but against Andrew Luck in the cold, they 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 came through for for that one day. They did, and that was that was an inspired performance by 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 a team you know with Andy Reid there that traditionally just lets you down. I know you were sweating that thing the whole time. Like the bigger the Chiefs lead got the worst you probably felt. I, I was just waiting for you to send a text and uh, talking about uh, that you had me right where you wanted no, me. No, I'll tell you why I never sent that text. <laughs> that game was over. 
That's why I never, I, thought, I never sent that text because I. How knew. much was Alex Smith up with the thirty-eight to ten? That game wasn't over. You know, really? I, I had a better feeling in that game, <laughs> and in that Titans game last year, I had a good feeling at that one too, when it was like twenty-one-three oh at halftime. I had a great feeling in both of those games, like that I wasn't completely out of it. Um, I did not see anything from the Colts to, to say that they were going to make any kind of an effort to come back. Some of those throws that Pat Mahomes was making, there was a throw oh. that he made sidearm around a blocker and, and somehow saw Travis Kelsey like through people and, and, and it just it, it almost like I, I could not believe the arm angles and the throws he was making I understand all their uh, touchdowns were rushing touchdowns um, and one of them went from Mahomes but I, I'm sorry he didn't fill up the stat sheet but you could just see the talent and the poise and the playmaking ability. And yeah, the, the Colts had no chance. You'll appreciate the name that I wrote down for that throw that uh, Mahomes made see, in my notes. You know exactly the throw I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote down Kent to Colby. Yeah. Because that motherfucker went underarm submarine yeah. uh like the weirdest angle you could think of and, a, and like around like the, the yeah. matrix or something. And, and it was, yeah, the, that was, it was, that was the only, it was the only arm angle that would have right. worked to make that throw right. because there were dudes, there was like two giant dudes, you know, a blocker and a, and a pass rusher right where he needed to make that throw. And he somehow figures out the arm angle to throw that around the side of two giant men fighting with each other to drop that perfectly into Kelsey on a, on a crossing route. Yeah, just stupid. Uh, and the game ender is uh, that KC drive after Mahomes got his knee twisted up yeah. and people are kind of like, Oh my God, is he, did he get hurt? Is it serious? And Indy follows that by blocking the punt, getting the touchdown and make it 17, seven. That drive is where a, a kid quarterback, any other kid would feel the pressure and the KC playoff history and the Alex Smith history and all of that stuff and the quiet crowd. Uh, everyone's thinking the worst. His knees hurt and everything else. And all he does is come back out the next drive, fire the track for 31 yards, uh, RPO slant to Tyreek Hill, uh, Kelsey moving the sticks, a shovel pass to Sammy Watkins, which almost scored, and then Mahomes looking for a receiver at the four and just, ah, I'll, I'll take it in myself. So his knee was obviously just fine. Yeah. His arm was fine. The knee was fine. The place explodes an MVP chance. All is well. Uh, everything is wonderful. And and that's where you knew, you know, this is this is a different team. This is a different Kansas City Chiefs franchise than normal. So I was very proud to see that. That's not Alex Smith. No. And, <laughs> and, 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 I mean, you should be you should be sitting there right now in a Pat Mahomes jersey. You, you should be sitting there with the I big really red should. 15. Because he broke your Chiefs curse. He's a man. I mean, <laughs> the Chiefs, just they were your nemesis on this show for years. The fact Every that you even picked them, them. The fact you even picked them. I, I give you credit for doing it, because it took some guts, considering how many times they've burned you, especially in big spots. I mean, you had one whole season, I think, was torpedoed just by the Chiefs. <laughs> if I were on the NFL Pig Watch site, they would have it would have been like a two and fourteen or a three and fifteen. <laughs> that year, that one year, you with the Chiefs game. That was the year that you just couldn't get them right, and then that, I believe that was the year with Andrew Luck with the big comeback, and oh. 
you finally go back on board with them, and you're like, yeah, I believe in them here for the playoffs, and they did that to you. And then they got Man. you again last year with, with, with the big company. So the fact you stuck with them, I give you some credit. That took some stones, but no, that, that man, man, Mahomes is just, he but is, I, he yeah. is something. I pointed out exactly why I did that. Cause this kid, cause it, yeah. it's, I don't know what's going on there, but that, that kid's special. He's, he's something different. Yeah. I, really, will, I will say I, I, we've, with the we've knocked week. on, you know, I'm not trying to give any credit. I don't like giving any credits to the Patriots for anything. But, I mean, if they go to the Super Bowl this year, I, I can't give them the excuse that they had to beat Marcus Mariota and Blake Bortles. I mean, if they go through <laughs> Phillip Rivers and Pat Mahomes, then they deserve it. <laughs> Sorry. And made Phillip Rivers look like a complete chump, too. He, they, That yeah. offense didn't look like anything like it was. Well, your, your, whiny, uh, your whiny bitch Phillip Rivers showed up big time. Yeah, he did. Just ridiculous. Like every play that that went against them in the second half, he's all right. What's going on? Wait, wait, wait. Where was this call? But yeah, he, they he still put up twenty eight. I understand they scored a lot of garbage time, but it, it, the Patriots. You know, if the Chargers could have done anything, I guess for the first half of that game, they, they <laughs> it could have been a game. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe the. Patriots, you know, buckle down if they. If, yeah, I think they if got tired and lazy at the end. Yeah, at thirty-five to seven, I don't, I don't think they were yeah. trying after that. But no, yeah, the no. the the one media, um, I'm sure there were a lot of different uh, uh, errors or or gripes that people could have about some of the play-by-play. The one that I uh, that got under my skin was in the Eagle Saints game. Uh, where they have uh, Charles Davis doing the color, and I don't even remember the name of the kid that was doing the play-by-play, but Charles Davis uh, kept going on and on about the uh, right before the fake punt. So that's fourth and one, where yeah. Jason Hill takes the uh, the the punt uh, that was going to go back to the punter, but instead he takes it as the up back and gains that yard. If you remember before that, to make it fourth and one, there was a a, a, a defensive penalty, uh, or not a not defensive offensive penalty on the Saints that the Eagles uh, and Doug Peterson declined. That would have made it third and six, maybe. Uh, I think it was one of those minor penalties, like maybe an illegal shift or something like that. It was. It wouldn't have made it third and eleven, um, or maybe it would have. Actually, I take that back. I'm not, I, I actually don't remember. I apologize, but either way, they could have made it. Uh, the Saints did not get the uh, third down conversion, obviously. So it's fourth and one. They take the penalty. It would have put them back 36 or 30 and 11, but it would have given the Saints another shot at right. converting a third down, and he declined it. And Charles Davis kept going on and on about how, oh, people are going to criticize, he set up the straw man argument, people are going to criticize Doug Peterson for declining that penalty to set up New Orleans for an easy fourth and one where they can uh, fake it and, and get the first down like that. And I'm just sitting there like, who? What people are going to get mad at yeah. Doug Peterson for, de- for declining it? But no, you don't want to give Drew Brees another third down. You already stopped him once. No, of course you don't want to do that. Why would you want to do and, that? And, and also, so no. if they're going to go for it there on fourth down and you give him a third down, doesn't that mean you're giving him two downs? Exactly. Who's taking that penalty? Who's who's saying, oh, yeah, put Drew Brees back out there for a third down? You know who yeah. you do that against? Lake Bortles. You take the penalty and you put Blake Bortles out there for a third. <laughs> and and also, I think he gets torched if he backs him up there. 
and passes up a fourth down opportunity because that's the critical point. You stop them from getting one yard or you make them punt. And you either way, you know, two out of the three outcomes are you get the ball back. Yeah, there's, I don't think anybody was, was complaining or getting upset at that, uh, at taking that penalty. Yeah. I don't think that didn't even yeah. cross my mind to, uh, to take the penalty in that case. That's, it, you that's, sent, that's Odell Beckham Jr. going fishing right there. It's another, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's creating, it's creating controversy where none really exists. I, I mean, I, we obviously torched Joe Buck pretty hard for when they did that on this show. Um, but yeah, when when somebody puts up that argument like that, especially when all people are gonna no, no, especially for you to say that like on the fly, like that, like like it must have really felt like a big moment to him. I I guess. I guess, and it's in in Charles Davis' case, maybe he's trying to make a name for himself. Uh, to your point, uh-huh. that maybe he takes something and blows it way out of proportion, trying to be the guy that took this big stand. He was trying to make a hot take and trying to make himself stand out with that opportunity that he had. That's probably the most people uh, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that's probably the biggest audience he's ever broadcast in front of that night. Uh, and he was trying to sort of make a name maybe for himself. And uh, that, that wasn't the way to do it. That wasn't the, the boat to latch on to. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I missed that one. So I'm glad you pointed that one out as far as, uh, you know, that, that one, that one slipped by me. Yeah, it slipped under my skin. It just kind of like rankled me. Like, wait a minute, what? What people are going to be mad for sending Drew Brees off the field? <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it, is he angling for a job at Fox News? Perhaps, I guess. I, I don't. Although I don't that's know. not just a Fox News thing. That's most media outlets now, where with the some people argument. You know, some people are saying sources. Yeah, some people say what people? Who? <laughs> right. Most people. People in your people. head. <laughs> That's the correct answer to that argument, by the way. But people fall and for if it. If most all the people time. are saying something, then it's probably stupid. Or what do you say to people who think? Well, I think I say those people are stupid. <laughs> right. I don't say. I don't talk to those. People. Next question. I don't. I don't deal with them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's funny for that Saints game that they where they wound up not covering after all of that drama after all of the yeah. uh, the bad. Yeah and all that fighting back. If Will Lutz hits that field goal before the Alshon Jeffrey drop, the Saints cover after all of yeah. that. So you end up with four home kicker. covers. You go from four underdog covers to four home covers. Um, amazing. It would have been... If uh, it wasn't for that. would have been even more uh, impressive of a comeback. But in any event, they, they still win the game even though they don't cover. So it leaves us with, like I said, the four top scoring offenses in yeah. the league all fighting against each other. Uh, this is it. This is the revolution of football, uh, of, of offenses taking over, all the rule changes, all the uh, emphasis on great, crazy, innovative uh, offenses and quarterback play and uh, offensive genius minds. And, and it's, uh, it's all right here for you. And you can throw all the defenses out the window uh, you're asking if the numbers indicate any kind of defensive advantage, and I tell you what, it's, uh, there isn't really any defensive numbers that are that that will make you say, "Oh, that's uh, a, a unit that you can actually rely on." With the possible exception of the Saints 
allowing only 3.6 yards per carry, right? Yeah. But what happens there? They're, they're good run stuffer in the middle show, and Rankins tears his Achilles. So even yeah, that, that, that could that could not that could not help. Yeah, the only other defensive stat, the one I threw out there, is those are those Chiefs home splits. Uh, the other one that's interesting is the Rams splits with and without Aqib Tlaib, which was all over the news this week. Oh yeah, um, that's another huge. So there, there's 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 metrics and there's numbers out there, but again, numbers you can you can look at any set of variables and any set of numbers and and and, and still pull out whatever you know outcome that you want to see from those numbers. But there are there are measurables that defense may still end up mattering somewhat. Uh, in these games tomorrow. That one was, uh, I was talking about it before the Dallas Rams game last week because the pro football uh, focus podcast actually is, uh, might've been the, uh, around the NFL podcast. One of them was yeah. pointing out that a keep to factor in the uh, LA pass defense is with him. Their rating was 64.3 and without him, their passer rating was 105.2 yeah. against uh, so that's a really huge difference, and I, I didn't calculate in last weekend's uh, game to figure that out, but I'm sure it, it was, uh, it, it didn't have too much of a, a backward slide. Uh, you, you had Amari Cooper getting loose and making some big catches, uh, and that big touchdown run where he just runs through everybody. Uh, but th- there wasn't too many other uh, Dallas uh, highlights after that because Dak Prescott pretty much got shut down by Indomitian, playoff Indomitian Sue and, and Aaron Donald and the rest of that uh, defense. Yeah, it was, I, that was that was impressive. Uh, and just the, the fact that the Rams really seemed like they were selling out and, and amped up to stop the run. You, you would have figured that with a better team and a better quarterback <laughs> that they would have been able to take more advantage of the of the secondary. And and they started too late. It became the Michael Gallup show late. Um, yeah. For for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, well, hey, maybe they're onto something there. You know, maybe maybe he, sometimes you get those that guy who has that bit of that coming out in the playoffs. You know, a rookie or a second year guy, and all of a sudden he kind of gets some, you know, some confidence in the playoffs, and that maybe maybe he'll be the number two guy, and you know, and that becomes like a springboard for him going into next year with with that offense, but a little too late unfortunately for the, for Cowboys and Cowboys fans. Yeah, that was uh Gallup did have a beautiful running uh, catch over LaMarcus Joyner where Dak had to take off and run for his life and just yep. kind of looped it over the top. It, it, you see a lot in Cowboys, you see Dak do things that you go, Ooh, there, there's something there. There's uh, all right, let's keep it going. Kid. It, that, that was it pretty good. Like- some of those best plays that Dak Prescott made like that one were what he got out of his head when, when, when he, when it broke down and he just had to go play football, just, just go play. Yeah. Yeah. Just go play. And then he was doing well when it was more scripted or trying to run through route progressions and things like that, that the Rams had him mystified. So uh, my criticism of Dak, and, and it's so strange that I feel like I'm this huge Dak hater. Really, not much has changed over this year as a, as compared to the last couple of years. Which is, I see that he's got some things. I see that he's got some talent and some skills. He doesn't have consistency, and he's uh, his touches is lacking uh, when he when he makes some of those throws. I just wish he would put it all together and be more consistent. 
that's pretty much what I say. I, I, I say that the Cowboys can't win a title because they don't have a real quarterback, and that's a, a pretty harsh thing to say, I understand. But that's kind of what I'm trying to get at when I say that. I'm not you know, saying that he's complete right. garbage. I'm saying that he's and, very inconsistent, and they can't win until he figures that out. And I think Prescott became a bit of a joke, especially between you and me and on this show, you know, back in the in the Black Jesus days when he had that amazing preseason after Tony Romo got injured, and, and then he was just suddenly, like, anointed. like, and, and then he had that sort of, like, miracle rookie season, you know, that 13-3 and three run that they had. And, you know, and Al was like, oh my God, Dak Prescott could do no wrong. Even though when you looked at his game, you were like, well, he, you know, he, he's, he's not the right, best. You know, but... he, he, yeah. I mean, so, and nobody ever really looked at him as, you know, he's all right. People looked at him as like, oh, he's, you know, he's the next Troy Aikman or he's the second coming. He's going to get the Cowboys to the promised land. So some of that was also, I think, you know, some of our knock on Prescott isn't so much him as it was, as it always is with a lot of our uh, problems with people or the coverage of them. And that's the, a Cowboy thing because Tony Romo, even he, he was never allowed to just be all right. He, he either had to be no. great and leading him to a Super Bowl or was trash and they needed to get rid of him. So yeah. really nothing's changed. And that wasn't that far removed after I had said that I thought Tony Romo, I, mean, I picked him as the MVP one year right here on the show and had the numbers to back it up. Yeah, and that was, I believe, in the year down. that he got like no MVP votes. <laughs> so so, he, when he went down, you saw the difference in that team. That was, yeah, that was not a popular pick that year. But I, when, when that the when we go, somebody goes back and dig up that show when I when I did the honors and dishonors, and gave MVP for the whole season seriously, not as a joke, not tongue in cheek. I, I gave MVP of the league that year to, to Tony Romo, and when, when I broke the numbers down, you were like, "Oh, those are MVP numbers." Yeah, but he was never allowed to be just you know, okay, oh, you know, on the verge of MVP or. Somewhere yeah. close. He had so, to either be the best quarterback in the league or he was trash. Right. And, and, and you know, and the fact that the Cowboys won one playoff game with Dak Prescott, it was like, oh, we've exercised all the demons. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just like that's why I was yeah. sort of making that statement about the Rams, you know, because, you know, the knock on the Rams was, you know, they didn't show up against Atlanta and, oh, they, they can't win a playoff game. I remember when uh, Aaron Rodgers was getting knocked because he couldn't win a playoff game after I believe he was 0-1 in the playoffs. He did pretty well for himself. He's all right. He's had a decent career, but I remember after he lost that first playoff game uh, in Arizona, um, I think it was, was, was it somebody ripped his head off on a play and uh, was, like totally grabbed him by the face and caused him to fumble and call a face mask because we don't call face masks in the NFL. And they lost the game in overtime, and then it was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers can't win the big one. And he was 0-1 in his playoff career. And they were doing sort of the same thing to Dak, and they did sort of the same thing to the Rams. I mean, it makes no sense that you lose one playoff game and you're just garbage. Didn't Green Bay score like 40 points in that playoff loss uh, they, to Arizona? I'm going to say they lost that game 40, yeah, 51-45, I believe, was the final of that in overtime. Yeah, he sucks. Can't win the big one. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first playoff game ever. Yep. Uh, we we love to make fun of our bad media narratives, but at least we yeah, don't have the worst media narrative, players that aren't yeah. playing. The worst playoff narrative 
is the team that can't win the big one, and that is 0-1 in the playoffs. <laughs> and we already have had that this year with the Cowboys, right? We had that already with the Rams. And both of them won their first game. So that's why I was sort of making that sort of comment at the beginning. I was like, well, you know, the Rams got theirs, so now they don't suck anymore. So that was a little shot. I don't know if you kind of got the little veiled shot there at the beginning of the show. I got it. Okay. Uh, but we're – we're both uh, we both had our scalpels out for the Rams last week, picking the Cowboys to go win the game we straight up as seven and a half point dogs. We so did. I, 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 we, I can't we, speak we, for you, but for me, it wasn't necessarily based on they can't win a big one, which is you know yeah. silly. But it was, it was based a bad on matchup. The, that was a matchup pick. That was I thought that was just a bad matchup. Right, uh, and it was based on I still didn't think they had the experience. You see all these yeah. uh, teams that have the veteran quarterbacks and the veteran leadership uh, or the, in the chiefs case, you get the veteran coaching staff. Andy Reid has been around forever and the Rams don't have either one. They got a, a kid quarterback and they got another kid coaching them. And I just thought that they need some uh, even more seasoning than they, than they had combined with the terrible second half of the season that they had. Yeah. So, so I, that's why I, I thought that but it wasn't about that. Oh, they can't possibly win the big one. It wasn't anything silly like that. But you look at the four, teams are all the offensive juggernauts, right? The top four scoring teams. You look at all the head coaching hires for the most part have all been offensive. You know, all the, all the big defensive teams that made the playoff push sort of got unceremoniously bounced right off the bat. So it, it'd be, so it, clearly the blueprint is there um, for the next year going forward. But that doesn't mean that teams that play defense are suddenly going to become like, you know, that this is the end of playing defense in the NFL. Because even in these games tomorrow, someone's going to have to play a little defense. Unless we're going to have 66, 63 games, there's going to be some defense played. There's going to be some pressure. There's going to be a sack. There's going to be a pick. Defense will still turn the tide in both of those games. But I got the over in both of them, so actually I do see it just like the Super Bowl last year, where uh, nobody yeah. plays any. Where I'm under them both, so somebody that's, makes. That's interesting. So there's a little there's a little byline for us, you know, to watch between the two of us on our picks tomorrow is that you know we we're we're, we're both wildly differing on our over under picks. Where I'm under on both games, barely. I will say I'm barely under on both, but you're over. I am. Uh, it, just, I think that's where the league wants it to go, and I think for this year, that's where it's definitely going to go. I probably have the over for the Super Bowl. I don't even know who's playing yet, right? I just think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be bombs away, a, both teams back and forth. Matchup. I think about it. I mean, no, uh, ugh. Ugh. there's no defensive matchup in this. Of, of all the outcomes, the the the, the, the possible outcomes that you could have in this Super Bowl, there's no defensive matchup. You know how much fun I've made of the Patriots' coverage over the last several years and how they can be embarrassed. Guess what of the four teams, guess who has the least amount of yards per attempt given up of, of all those four defenses? It's the Patriots. Oh, don't, don't say the Patriots. Now, yes, I would I would be curious to know, again, home road splits. Oh, yeah, on the road, it's a, a different story. I do even have that defense road. is different. I do have the home road splits as part of my breakdown, um, so I will, I'll definitely be getting to that when we when we get to the uh, to the uh, Patriots and the Chiefs game. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, 
those top four scoring teams, that's what's left. And I really do think that's where the league is going right now. I, I Of course, those two elite defenses that made the playoffs, the Bears and the Ravens, I will once again remind you, uh, two kid quarterbacks that had, yeah. uh, in Lamar Jackson's case, an awful game, and in uh, Mitch Trubisky's case, a a uh, very inconsistent game, a, a game that had some great throws and some awful misthrows that really could the, the top play. So maybe you get some seasoning for those kids and the defenses hold up if they come back next year. Maybe they'll reinvigorate and reinvent themselves and, and make some sort of uh, some sort of noise in the playoffs again. But for now, it's all about the offense. And uh, I was uh, you're, you're talking about all the, the – gurus, all the offensive gurus that wound up getting hired over the last couple of weeks. Uh, my guy, Vic Fangio, winds up uh, getting a head coaching job, and so John Elway isn't looking at these offensive gurus. No. He's going to go back to defense again. He tried to advance Joseph, gave him one year, and threw him out, and now he gets uh, Vic Fangio in there. So that's one place you can always apparently count on if you're a defensive guy that uh, John Elway knows what he wants to try and he doesn't want to try getting good quarterback coaches and getting good quarterbacks. He wants to try a completely different way to win in the NFL and good luck to you. That's about all I can say. Uh, <laughs> well, and it's also, I think he knows his roster makeup. He, he knows that that's a, as right now, that's a defensive roster. And, you know, so it, maybe it works. Maybe that's going to work. I don't know how well that's going to work in a division where you have to play the Chiefs and the Chargers twice a year. But, okay. Maybe maybe that works in the AFC South. <laughs> you know? Uh, see, I would but, go a different way, though. I, you see the success that Case Keenum had when someone coached him up in the uh, the year before yes. in Minnesota. Find somebody right. to coach Case Coach some some game skills in the Case Keenum. He's not that old. He can, I think it can still be done. But, yeah, Case uh, Keenum's only one year removed from getting a team to the NFC Championship game, right? Yeah, so why not? From completing one of the most amazing fight finishes to a game ever. Oh. That guy. Her cousins didn't do that. <laughs> Your guy, your favorite quarterback. I uh, no, just wait till next week. The piling on Kirk Cousins has not even begun. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, set up our uh, next couple of shows since we're on that topic. Uh, yep. Of course, next weekend uh, after the conference title games uh, tomorrow, we got the two weeks before the Super Bowl. So next weekend, yep. uh, show comes back with our uh, in much less detail honors and yes. dishonors. Of course, the. NFL has their honors show where they give away their very uh, stuffy uh, formal prizes and awards for the uh, the season that just passed. We have a much less formal situation with our awards show. It's uh, our tongues are extremely firmly planted in our cheeks, and we have our uh, awards giveaway. Now we we have some serious awards, of course. We yes. have our versions of of recognizing who we thought were the best teams, the best players, the best coaches. Uh, we have a lot of other awards after that as well to uh, sort of remind you of some things that may have happened uh, during the season that you may not have remembered or in some cases you may not want to remember. But we'll be all over that, uh, and we definitely look forward to that because that's something that we were able to take our creativity and and use it to our advantage. So if you like award shows, if you like uh, – 
people trying to be funny, whether they're funny or not. Um, if you like the NFL and listening to uh, events and things that uh, that happen that you may have uh, may have slipped your mind, may have forgotten about, we're here to remind you of that, and we'll have all our awards ready for you uh, next weekend. Uh, I think it's going to be Saturday night, or, or it could be Sunday, whatever night. Yeah, it I is. was. I know uh, traditionally that's a Sunday show for us, and I'm completely okay with that. I, I am okay with the Sunday night show because I'm off on Monday and Tuesday, so. I'm uh, actually I was preparing for a Sunday night honors and dishonors. Okay, so there you go. Sunday, uh, next Sunday, the uh, the twenty seventh uh, at nine p.m. Central, ten p.m. Eastern will be our uh, IMLD honors and dishonors show. Uh, I'll go ahead and make that two hours live as well, so we don't have to worry about getting cut off by the sniper in the after show. Um, and then the week after that, of course, would be the uh, the Super Bowl show, the Super Duper Bowl pick show, uh, where we create a, an entire hour talking about one game. And that's and we do. a lot less time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's a lot less time talking about it than you'll hear if you watch the end of Super Bowl, all of that run up. Uh, but if you get tired of all of that, we distill it down into one hour where we talk about the things that matter going into the Super Bowl, and then we make our pick for the Super Bowl. And if I completely crap the bed tomorrow and go over two on my picks, then that'll actually <laughs> be right. for our handicapping championship after everything is said and done. And, oh, I can't imagine that, but it is possible. Yeah, uh, based on the picks that I am preparing to make, I believe I would have defer differed against you on one of the games. I have to differ with you on both, but... If I'm being honest, I believe I am different than you on one of the picks. Oh, so. okay. Well, that's, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to is, is hearing your real actual breakdown of, of these games. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I could be. Pick. And I actually thought about just being the upstanding guy and letting you have the win and be like, you deserved it. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to make you earn it, right? <laughs> ah, fuck that. Ah. <laughs> earn it. I mean, especially if you blow both the picks tomorrow. Oh. Earn it. Because if you blow them both tomorrow, then you are just like completely ripe for blowing it in the Super Bowl. Because if it goes against you tomorrow and that goes south and you don't get the Saints and the Chiefs, you won't know what to do otherwise. And you could still end up with a Saints-Chiefs Super Bowl if they both somehow, you know, if both the unders get cute. (laughs) (laughs) If both the underdogs get cute. um, Oh. Well, we'll see. No, you're right. If I blow both of these games tomorrow, I will. That would be two weeks of me being a quivering mess because the the great regular season that I put together, and then for it to come down to that uh, for for the Super Bowl, it, I I would just be like, what the hell happened? Like what? I, I have been caught on the, the NFL Pick Watch site. Somebody passed. Oh me. no. But he went three and one last week to my two and two, so now I'm, yeah. I'm down one game to the guy. And not only that, but the guy's got uh, early in the week he already made his picks for tomorrow. He's got the Chiefs and he's got the the Saints. So I'm I had Whoa. I had the decision to make. Do I want to be different and try to set up a showdown for the Super Bowl uh, to to try to win the thing, or just make the same picks and then set up a Super Bowl showdown where I would have to go against him just for the tie. 
Um, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns and still take the chiefs and the Rams on that site. Um, and then whatever he picks for the Super Bowl, I'm just going to have to pick the opposite to, to try to tie him. Oh, wow. Because he's got a lot more losses than me. So if we tie, I will win the thing because I'll have a much better – I'll have a right. better winning percentage than him no matter what. But he's ahead of me in wins, and I think that's what matters because they do have him listed as number one on the site, and they have me as number two. There's no uh, – they're not going by percentage as far as the rankings on the site. So I do have to find yeah. a way to, to tie him. So, so that's that's what that oh, came down to. So I've already blown yeah. one. <laughs> so don't blow this blow one both. too. Don't blow yeah. Exactly. Well, by virtue of your you know two and two last week, I believe that puts you at three and five for the playoffs, and it puts me at five and three. So I'll I'll still take comfort in the fact that even after a one and three week, I'm still five and three for the playoffs. Yeah. I'm- Trying, I'm really trying hard not to look at uh, two of those losses, which one is by a half a point and the other is by a point. And I'm, I'm really trying not to focus on that. You're not Maybe. trying to look at that Seattle cheapest cover yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah. The sweat starts to form on my forehead here. And, and the Rams, uh, and the Rams sneaking out an eight-point win on a seven and a half-point line. Amazing. So. Uh, absolutely amazing. As, as terrible as they played the second half of the year, and they <laughs> managed to cover a seven and a half point spread by a half a point. You know, and you always wonder about that team, a team like the Rams, who you kind of, who kind of had their stuff sewn up. That division was not in doubt for a long time, and yeah, you I was wondering wonder about... how serious were you know what were they really playing for? Because the Saints kind of went through that same period as well. I mean, you look at the look at the records. These are two 13 and 3 teams. I mean, so the Rams were as bad as they sucked went 13 and 3. Yeah, that's uh, they, they weren't even sucking, trying the second half <laughs> and went 13 and 3 anyway. Yeah. No, I wondered about that last week or were they just bullying for the playoffs that they could sell some land? Apparently they were. That's what right. they were waiting for. I don't know. I mean, was Todd Gurley hurt or was he just nicked up enough that they're like, you know what, we're just gonna kind of, we're just gonna sign this guy off the street to bowl over the the league for a couple of weeks so we can get Todd Gurley back fully rested for the playoffs because looks like it worked. Yeah, I don't think they knew C.J. Anderson was gonna do that when they no. brought him in off the street. Now C.J. Anderson Gurley was a was a pro. I mean, he was not just a buster for his time in the league. I mean, in Denver, he was a wrecking ball. Yes, I was a huge fan of C.J. Anderson and the way he ran. It was a few years ago, so I thought he was, you know, past that. But uh, he found the, the fountain of youth for at least one game. But yeah, yeah you're right. He was he was not just some 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 running back. He was not. He wasn't just you know he wasn't Buck Allen. He wasn't just some some guy that happened to be in the league at some point. Yeah, and he, not just that though, but coming, all pro. but he's fresh. Think about that. Think about you. You you've got the Cowboys and all these teams. They've been playing for four months. Here comes C.J. Anderson, big dude with fresh legs. I mean, and he, he just abused the Cowboys. And again, very much assisted by a, a running uh, line, an offensive yeah. line that got out and just mauled everybody in their way. And very, very impressive looking. I, I almost laughed when uh, they were describing on one of these podcasts that the Rams were the best uh, running offensive line in football. And I'm like, wait, the Cowboys are right there. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> you saw it on Apparently, display in that uh, game. 
right there before your eyes. You can take all the metrics and throw them out and just look at the tape. And there it is. There's the Rams just destroying the Cowboys and a, and a very impressive Cowboys defense. They had really uh, bonded together and put together a, a pretty good season for themselves. And I thought was uh, going to be sort of the been getting to the Cowboys offense and, and give them a big and they just got mauled. So uh, I'm feeling okay about both of these picks tomorrow, but I, I got to admit, I'm not a hundred percent all in on both of them. I, I like the fact that I, I felt this way about both teams right from the get go at the beginning of the week. And I yeah. haven't wavered all so that's good. But at the same time, do I think there's a chance that the Rams and or the Patriots can, can get these, get these two games? Yeah. Yeah. I do think there's a chance. Absolutely. Yeah, but one of one of these picks you're about to make, I I love, and, and one of them I'm going to probably crap all over. So, all right, I guess we should we, uh, make our picks, huh? Yeah. Before we get to all that, I'll give all the plugs out. Uh, BlogTalkRadio.com/slash in much less detail. That's where you can listen to us live. That's where I apparently I'm going to be able to sign in and host this show from Skype using my microphone from this point forward. I don't know what the hell is going on with the site. It's always something with these guys, but we're working so far tonight. Uh, I don't have I been breaking up uh, at all since I got to the real microphone oh, no. going. Since the problems we had at the beginning, it's been pretty rock steady. Well, that's that's good to know. Yeah, all you the never know what these guys we lost in the first ten minutes. They never came back. But the show's <laughs> great now. Well, if you want to listen to the show as a podcast and and try to figure out what you missed, you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Uh, search for "In Much Less Detail" the podcast, and when the show is finished, it will upload to you. Or you can go to any different number of podcasting apps and search for "In Much Less Detail." the podcast. And when you find us, hit that subscribe button for the low, low price of free and sign up. Communicate with the show in several different ways. You can send us an email to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. You can get up in my DMs at IMLDDre. And our pick's going to be up on the blog when we're through. And the blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. That's where you can find our football picks stretching back to 2010, 2009. When did we start doing the blog? Uh, something uh, like that. That was 2010. So all our picks are up there going That's back, back that when far. I used to back in the days when I actually used to win this contest. <laughs> People who've only listened to the podcast haven't heard me win for a while. Um, I did right off the bat, um, but you, right. you've had the, the first you've year, had the last the two few. years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've I managed to fire on you the first year of the podcast, and it, it, since then it hasn't been so great. But so it does happen, people. It, it is possible. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that stoked something in me and made me hunker down, and, and that's why I've been winning the last <laughs> few years. Or maybe it's <laughs> We spent all these years putting together this podcast, and I just got, like, house <laughs> the picks, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's complete luck. I don't know. Uh, but anyway. Well, the next uh, so year, the same uh, year was the year that you ended up winning on the Seahawks throwing at the goal line. That's probably that, that's what did me in. Where I should have lost. Yes. <laughs> completely should have lost and ended up winning the whole season on that play. 
such a stupid play call that I'm yelling at the TV, why the fuck did you do that, even though it gave me the win? Yelling. Why did you do that? Well, probably our best uh, Super Bowl recap show ever <laughs> uh, was that one. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> we brought in so, bowling yeah, references. Who don't know that go back and listen to that show <laughs> yes you can go into our archives and find all of our old podcasts uh we're, we're up into 300s now i believe for a number of shows done and uh, uh-huh. unfortunately, unfortunately because of blocks on radio most of them have audio issues like this but well uh, and we didn't get a cake or nothing <laughs> no well we, we got the same thing we got for episode 100 and 200 right but you know, we, we <laughs> if, if we keep growing listeners uh, incrementally, then maybe 400 will be something special. I don't know. You, you never know. Uh, so with all of that, it's time to make these picks for the conference finals tomorrow. I, I, I'm really excited for these two games. These 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 the, these two games in the Super Bowl, I, I think are going to be just absolute rock 'em sock 'em smash 'em. Uh, great football. And like I said, I got the over for both of the, the ones tomorrow, so I'm really thinking they're going to be exciting. All right. We're going to start in New Orleans for the NFC title game tomorrow at 2 o'clock Central Time in the afternoon, 3 o'clock Eastern, as the Los Angeles Rams travel to face the New Orleans Saints, the uh, young versus old matchup of uh, of Jared Goff versus Drew Brees, uh, Sean McVay versus Sean Payton. You got all of that going on. Uh, the most significant injury news of the week is from this game and all on the Saints side, uh, and not very good news for, for any of them. We uh, actually referenced Sheldon Rankins, the defensive tackle earlier, who tore his Achilles last week and obviously is going to miss the rest of the playoffs. Uh, ben Watson, the veteran tight end, is not going to play. And the left guard, Andrews Pete, if you were watching that game uh, 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 Sunday against the Eagles, you saw that he was doing a lot of grabbing, a lot of holding because he has a broken hand. And he's trying to play through uh, that broken hand. So he's going to be out there again. Uh, but I really do think if he keeps grabbing and holding on, that they need to do something. And, and Sean Payton maybe needs to go find some. I don't know who the replacement would be. I don't know how much worse at football that they could possibly be. But you, you can't let him play as bad as he was playing against the Eagles because that was just uh, he was just grabbing everybody. Uh, so as I said before, both spreads are very predictable. Uh, both are the home team minus three. Uh, not 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 too much to break down as far as that goes. It's just uh, I guess even both even matchups. If you go by the uh, the adium that the home team should give three points uh, in, in right off the bat for every game. Uh, that means basically the odds makers and the betting public things, both of these games are sort of toss-ups either way. And then when you go on the uh, some of the handicapping sites uh, that I go to, uh, covers.com and uh, nflpickwatch.com, you look at the percentages on each side of that spread of what's being picked, and it's up about 50-50 for uh, Rams plus three and Saints plus three. And uh, New England plus three and Kansas City plus three. They're all in that 50-50 range, maybe 52-48, 53-47, something like that. There's really no uh, nobody really going crazy on one side or the other thinking, oh, this is just 
easy money right. uh, one way or the other. Well, it makes sense because if there was a lot of action on the number, it would have moved. And it's been cop out and, most of the week. And it actually, this, pick, really this, one, this one has moved because this was the three and a half point line that's moved back three and a half to three. All week. Yeah. And just moved to three. So, uh, that, that, and, but, and again, that's not surprising because if you got a hook out there and it's really evenly matched all this week and even money on yeah. e- either side, yeah, you should go and, and flood the, some money on that hook just, just because. And would either one of us be surprised if this turned out to be a, a three-point game? So No, it's, both of these games could be smelling pushy for, for all we know. Absolutely. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, so the uh, the thumbnail sketch of this game that I got from listening to the uh, the podcast of the guys that know a lot more than I do, Pro Football Focus, a uh, bunch props to them, the work that they've done all year. Uh, Around the NFL podcast is another one that I listen to regularly. They uh, they do very good work, uh, and they try to mix it in with a little more comedy. So it's uh, it really does sound a lot like what we do. They got their own little inside jokes and, and their own flavor to things, uh, and they got four guys as opposed to our two. Uh, but that's uh, a show I think that's uh, similar to, to what we do that you might want to Give a listen sometime, Jason, to see what they're doing. They they get their own little thing going, and they're they're, they're they get the one host that tries to sort of overplay everybody and, and lord over everyone. And you know it's a running gag, but uh, you can tell they they have a lot of camaraderie among each other. They actually go and make the trip to well, uh, one of those four games that the NFL plays over in England. The, the show, the whole show, actually gets to go over there. Uh, and do a podcast from England, and then and, and sort of bond with their fans over there in England. So they they, they have a lot of on that, but they are also very yeah. serious about breaking down their their football. Uh, but uh, some of the uh, points of interest for this game that I was getting from some of those podcasts, all the whole New Orleans thing, all of this stuff, all the, everyone's talking about there the the Super Bowl favorites and stuff like that. All of that could get thrown out if playoff suit keeps this up. If you're your X Factor from last week. <laughs> Thank you. And Dominic yeah. if, if he wrecks shit again like he did in that game uh, against Dallas, forget it. Uh, that, that whole New Orleans thing is, is done. Uh, of Michael Thomas's 12 grabs in this first meeting that the Rams and, and Saints had uh, earlier in the season, seven of them were against Marcus Peters. And now we got to keep Tlaib back in there. And, and that whole thing is very interesting the uh, dynamic between Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib and, and Sean Payton uh, as, it, as it pertains to try, trying to guard Michael Thomas. Of course, in week nine, uh, New Orleans won 45-35 to 35 over the Rams. Aqib Tlaib did not play. Uh, that busted up uh, the undefeated season of the, uh, of the Rams. They were 8-0 at that time. Thomas went off for 12 catches for 211 and a touchdown. Uh, complete with the the Joe Horn tribute at the end uh, on the 72-yard touchdown uh, where he goes and gets the cell phone out under the stanchion and whatnot. And after the game, Sean Payton said uh, that they really liked the matchup uh, that Thomas had on Marcus Peters. They liked that a lot. And he emphasized that we really liked a lot uh, Michael Thomas on Marcus Peters. And Peters' response when he gets a hold of, of of those quotes, his response was to say, quote, Tell Sean Payton to keep talking that shit. We're going to see him again. Tell Payton to keep talking that shit, and maybe we'll meet up and have some gumbo, unquote. Uh, so that was something that Tlaib was, was out, and Peters was tasked with being the guy 
to to watch Michael Thomas, and he he watched him all right. He watched him run past him into the end zone, um, and watched him make a lot of different uh, catches over there. Look, Mike Thomas has a uh, his his Twitter handle is at Can't Guard Mike. There's a reason his handle is at Can't Guard Mike because you can't guard Michael Thomas. All right, uh, the man is incredible. He's he's one of the best receivers in football. Rapidly climbing whatever rankings or charts that you have. He's he's about as good as it gets. Um, he's very fun to watch. Uh, another thumbnail, what can New Orleans do to slow down the, the Rams' run attack, which appears to be now the best in the league, surpassing the Cowboys, which I thought was sort of a joke before, but maybe it's not. Sheldon Rankins being out is huge, but the replacement, it looks like for him, is going to be this guy, David Anyamata. And he's very capable uh, of, of doing some work inside for the Saints. So that's uh, he's, he's not my X factor, but sort of you know X factor ish uh, somebody to keep an eye on to to help New Orleans shore up their run D. Uh, we talked about Andreas Pete doing a lot of holding versus Philly. If he can't hold off Sue and Aaron and Aaron Donald, uh, I, I really do think the Saints have to try somebody else in there. Both teams need the quarterback from the first half of the season, and. Of course, uh, Jared Goff's struggles have been well chronicled by me. Drew Brees wasn't the same uh, the second half of the year. And, Jason, you already opined that maybe it's because, hey, you know, both of these guys, maybe they, they didn't have anything to play for. The division wasn't really uh, being, a, being a challenge. Uh, maybe they just kind of backed off on purpose and didn't really have uh, too much motivation. But whatever the case may be, both, the, both quarterbacks certainly were not the same guy that they were in the first half of the year. And so basically this comes down to which do you trust more to bounce all the way back and, and do what they did in the first half of the year? Because Breeze last week certainly didn't look like the guy from the first half of the year, but Jared Goff did. And will that continue? And will Breeze turn it around and figure out uh, what he has to do? So that there's a, a few different dynamics uh, when it comes to that. L.A. is now experienced enough to win a playoff game. Congratulations to them. We, we talked about they don't have the experience. They, they didn't have it last year. Now they got it this year. They, they got it enough to get a bye, and they got enough to now get a win. Uh, now how about this spot for the NFC Championship, and you're on the road. Do they have enough experience for that? I don't think so. Uh, the L.A. run blocking is just amazing, developed uh, into the finest in the league, and they're running up against uh, a very fine New Orleans run defense, that's, that's buttressed by their defensive backs. They like to fly their DBs in there and break up the run. Uh, but the front seven can be pushed around a little bit. So I'm, I'm, that's another part that worries me, that you might get another huge game out of Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson because uh, the Rams, I, I don't think they're going to have too much more trouble pushing the, the Saints around than they did the Cowboys. Uh, Jared Goff has connections with Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and hit, can hit them short or deep. You saw that uh, in the game last week against the Cowboys that just Whatever he has to do, he'll hook up with those guys, and he'll hook up with them no matter where they are on the field. They they really do have a great connection with each other. Big test for Marshawn Lattimore and Eli Apple uh, on the other side for the Saints. Uh, the defensive pressure constantly in the quarterback's face uh, by the Rams, and that's a problem for Drew Brees. Like every other quarterback, he, he can be affected by heavy pressure, so that's another facet that that worries me that they can affect Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Donald and company if they get consistent pressure in his face. Uh, but when both these teams are going well, they're they're two well-oiled machines that can win in any different variety of ways. We talked about how the Saints really did 
try to focus on getting their run game going the second half of the year so that they can be more balanced and they can uh, they don't have to just air it out all the time. They can uh, go to that that weapon X, Alvin Kamara, and, and just start running the ball down your throat if they need to do that. They can go to Mark Ingram and pound it. Uh, they can get Taysom Hill in there and, and switch up and do anything with him because he can run your jet sweep. He can throw the ball. Uh, a lot of the joke that I saw on, on Twitter and uh, whatnot about uh, that game last week against the Eagles was that the best throw of the game by the Saints was by Taysom Hill. Uh, well, with a bomb down the middle that was, uh, I believe, called back by penalty. I don't think it counted. Uh, but it was a beautiful throw. It really was. Uh, so you don't know what's going to happen when, when he gets in the game. Uh, but I, when you got two teams that can do it in a variety of ways, I got to go with the experience. Uh, so I'm going to, of course, the same Super Bowl from uh, beginning of the season. Uh, I, I actually do see this as another slow start for New Orleans. I think the Saints will once again come out uh, a little slow because of the uh, the way that the Rams can pressure you defensively, and I think they're going to get in Drew Brees' face. But I think in the second half, the uh, the run defense does step up and, and, and make Jared Goff have to beat them in that environment with the noise on the road in such a huge game. I don't see that happening. Uh, and I think the, the Saints do go ahead and control the game and, and control the time of possession in the second half and, and, and winds up leading the golf uh, panicking a little bit and throwing some bad throws, maybe some interceptions late as the, as the game breaks down in the second half. So I'm going to go with the Saints covering the three, but I don't feel incredibly great about it like you would think I do from having picked the Saints uh, at the beginning of the year. I'm going to take them in a wild one, in a shootout. Of course, I got the over in both of these games. I got New Orleans 38-30. to 30. Ooh, that, That's a high-scoring game. That's you know, 68 points. That's going to be... That's going to be wild going your way. I've already spoiled it and said that I am under on both of these games, and I did say I was going to crap all over one of your picks. Is it this one, or is it the next one? It's this one. Sorry. I got the Rams here to win straight up. I'm taking the Rams um, 29-27. So that's the 56-point game uh, for people who are doing the math and playing along at home. Uh, So I've got this game barely under. Uh, yeah, I just didn't have the stones to say 30 to 27 because I like the idea of still having the under. We've also been seeing uh, with the advent of these extra long extra points and two point conversions that you've been getting some some crazy uh, some crazy numbers. So you know why not a 29 27 type game um, in a game that I think will be wild. I think you could still have a game that's where both teams score under 30. That's wild. Is that still possible in the NFL to have a, a wild game, low scoring? Um, this feels like a, a ball control style game early. I think both teams are going to come out. You can always in these, in these championship games in the Super Bowl, you always kind of have that feeling out period. Uh, I think the Rams are really going to test to see how stout the Saints are going to be without you know, one of their top rush stoppers. And I, I also think you're going to you'll see a, a blueprint very similar to what they did against the Cowboys because that was very effective. Um, you know, So I don't think it's going to be any surprises early. I don't think that's the Rams coming out and just airing it out. I think that's going to be a mixture of Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson to, to test the waters, maybe soften up the Saints a little bit. Um, I, I don't like the injuries 
on the Saints' side. Um, the Rams, the Rams injury report is about as clean as you can get in the playoffs. I mean, other than IR guys, I don't think there's anybody on the Rams injury report. So this is one of the healthiest teams uh, going into an NFC championship game that I can never remember seeing. So the no, no major injuries. We had joked about Todd Gurley coming off the injury report for the last game, wondering if that was a uh, Cam Newton type situation. Uh, turned out he was just fine. That was definitely not a Cam Newton situation. Todd, Todd Gurley was, was he looked okay. pretty good. Yeah, Todd Gurley's rested. C.J. Anderson looks good. Uh, I think you're going to see the Rams come out and, and really try to put the screws to the Saints, take the crowd out of it a little bit, slow that thing down, maybe play a little possession, a little keep away. If there's a team I think that has the ability here to play a little bit more keep away, I think it's the Rams who are very strong on play action, have that two-headed rushing attack now. Um, and, and might be able to get some things going that way. So I, I do like that aspect for them. I like the Rams' kicking game. Greg Zerline uh, is one of the better kickers in the NFL. He also can he can bomb some kicks. So if the Rams are in a position where they need to kick a, a 50 or a 50-yard, 50 55-yard field goal, uh, I think that does give them a decided advantage as well. So I like them there on the special team side. Obviously, the Saints have – you know, Taysom Hill, the ultimate sort of like switch army, the Swiss army knife out there. We can kind of change things up, which gives them a little bit of that X factor, which I had, had talked about in the last game. But I think he's an X factor in every game. Yeah. You know, Sean really is. not afraid, not afraid to just, I mean, it's almost to the point now where those fake punts are predictable to apparently everybody, but the team that they're playing and maybe even the team they're playing knows. He got that yard, but he didn't get, he didn't get it by much. No, I don't think the Eagles were were caught napping <laughs> by, by any of the you know trickery um, of that because they've seen it so much that if he lines up in that sort of up back position, you, you almost kind of expect it to go there that it's going to be some type of a fake. So we'll see how prepared the Rams are for something like that. Um, you know, but I, I do you know the, just all the all the little especially the defensive stuff. The Saints missing their run stopper. The Rams getting Aqib to lead back and how different they play with and without him. Um, the fact that he did not play in that first game, which means that the, the Saints did not see that defense with him out there. The fact that the Rams, all those high-priced free agent players really came together. I mean, they showed up. Dominican Sue showed up. I mean, it, that we, money. We, didn't, we didn't even get a huge game out of Aaron Donald in that game. I mean, he played well. But we still haven't seen, you know, one of those performances yet like we were getting from Aaron Donald most of the year because Sue was just sort of like a one-man wrecking crew getting into that backfield and blowing up that run game so much. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Rams come out um, and approach uh, a team in Drew Brees where you know the only way to really get after Drew Brees is to get in his face and, and get that pressure up the middle. So it'll be interesting to see if the Rams are able to accomplish that. Um so I, I don't think that this is the slam dunk for the for the Saints. Um, I, I, so I'm, I know I'm picking this as a close game. I mean, 29-27. I mean, it could go 29-27 either way. I still win the pick if it's a two-point yeah. game. Um, but I am going to take the Rams here by, by the slimmest of margins uh, to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. I think that the Saints have just a, a few too many variables kind of working against them. I was not impressed by them in the Eagles matchup. I haven't been impressed by them. They haven't played a really good game in a while. 
Um, the last game of the season with Teddy Bridgewater does not count. Uh, the game against the Cowboys, they, they did not look very good. Uh, I know that they were not the most motivated team on the field in that game, but Drew, the, the Drew Brees, like to your point, and, and you see it as well, has not been Drew Brees over the last maybe six, seven weeks. And, you know, it's been a while since we've had one of those big performances out of him. I mean, they had games where he completely disappeared. Uh, they still won. They still won handily. But there were games where they, they didn't need him. They're going to need him tomorrow. Uh, he's not going to be able to be sloppy with the football or not be able to handle the pressure in his face. And he was, and even in that Eagles game, he was missing some throws. It just it wasn't vintage Drew Brees. And uh, I don't know. I, mean, I think I think the Rams are healthier. I think they're younger. Uh, I don't, and and I think they're going to be able to to go in there and and knock off the Saints and kind of kind of give me a win over you, which I desperately need. And also at the same time, crap all over your Super Bowl pick. You would love for that to happen. Well, I mean. I wouldn't love for it to happen because it crapped all over your Super Bowl pick, but I would love for it to happen because I need the win. <laughs> all right. And I honestly disagree with you on this one. The next game, I do not honestly disagree with you on. Ah. Uh, so who's your uh, X factor for this game? Well, I went with an underperforming defensive player for the Rams in the last game, and it turned out really well. So I'm going to go with an underperforming Rams defensive player in this game, and that's Dante Fowler. They made that acquisition midway through the season from the Jaguars has not panned out for them. He's a name guy. You know what? You acquire somebody. He's a name player. Show up, make a few big plays. I'm looking for a few big moments tomorrow from Dante Fowler Jr. That's a name that uh, you haven't heard much from at all since that acquisition from Jacksonville. So yeah, that, that's uh, they would really love for him to show up. Uh, my X factor is, Hey, look, the man didn't play in the last game and, and Marcus Peters got talked trash too about his terrible performance. And now the man's back. So the, the X factor has got to be a keep to leave, right? He's, he's the man. He's uh, the 11 year veteran. He's, uh, you know, never scared of any situation. He's, he's the guy that'll snatch your neck chain off your, your neck. If you uh, wear bling on the field, uh, he's always got a nose for the ball and he's got a nose for drama as well. And, uh, you, you get a feeling that he's going to have some sort of impact on the game. It may not be positive, though. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Aqib Talib is my X factor because he really can't go one way or the other, uh, depending on his uh, temperament. Uh, yeah, I, he, he's one of those where we were also talked about with Sue, where Aqib Talib can, can get some laundry thrown his way. And yes. not generally like the pass interference variety, which he can get because any defensive back can get that if you just look at the guy wrong. But he, he'll get some unsportsmanlike. He'll get some stupidest team in football type penalties. He sure will. He's, uh, he's, he's got a nose for Yeah. Those are all sorts of things. He could, he could have his own reality show someday. <laughs> but we're both going Rams defense on our x Hmm. Hmm. Because I really do, when you think about it, that's probably his uh, dictating the outcome of that game tomorrow. If the Rams' defense shows up and has a hell of a day, then they allow the kid quarterback to settle in and and not be so nervous. And if they don't, then he's got to make plays to win the game, and I don't trust him to do that uh, if he has to make plays. I don't like – like I said, I don't like – 
I, I said it would favor the home teams in an over situation. I mean, I'm barely under. I'm mean, under by the by the about as slim as you can get here. But I, if this gets into the 30s, I don't like the Rams. All right, on to the second game, the AFC title game. It's the uh, Patriots and the Chiefs, and that'll be uh, 5.30 Central Time, uh, 6.30 Eastern Time. Next, it's just doing a little game over here. I'll let you break down that game first while I go on mute. Oh, as I say, don't don't die over there. So, yeah, no, the the, – the game being played in Kansas City simply by virtue of the Miami miracle. So, so you got to love that. Keenan Drake or Kenyon Drake. I always get the guy's name backwards. So a lot, a lot of people hopefully wearing his jersey tomorrow in the stands for the Chiefs. That would, that would be a nice little nod. Or put up a little video package of the Miami miracle saying, hey, thanks Miami for sending us to home field advantage here at Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs, as we have talked about, are a completely different team. Andre and I, I told Andre we was going to differ with him on one pick and agree with him on the other. This would be the pick if I was still in a position to agree where I would agree. I believe all signs point towards the Chiefs. This does not feel like all signs pointing towards the Chiefs in a trap kind of way because I believe the only thing that got that has the Chiefs hanging on at all in this game is just sort of the mysticism of the Patriots or, or some weird thing that's going to happen the Patriot way or, you know, that, that effort that they put out in new England and Foxborough last week against the chargers, they're not going to replicate that in arrowhead. There's no way you're going to go into that situation. One of the best home field, if not the best home field advantages in all of the NFL and, and put together that effort, especially when your offense is completely based on timing and precision and route running and knowing exactly where to go with the football because you do not have a deep threat. You have you don't have a tight end who 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 basically he's playing out there with a walker. Um and your whole offense is check downs to running backs and it, you know, a lot of motion, a lot of a lot of timing, a lot of efficiency. That's gonna play a lot better at home when you've got the fans behind you keeping things quiet, letting Tom Brady basically be a surgeon. It's not going to work in Arrowhead. It's what's also not going to work in Arrowhead is the fact that the the Chiefs, I'm sorry, are a much better defensive team at home. The splits for their defense, and we we're talking about all these offensive explosions, but both of the teams I like in these picks with the Rams and the Chiefs um, are basically defensive, more oriented picks because the Chiefs will get after Tom Brady, Justin Houston, Chris Jones, D Ford. Those those guys up front are going to be able to get after Tom Brady, who can get pressure put on him, especially on the road. So his his passer rating is 30 or 40 points lower on the road than it is at home. Everything that they do just seems to lack that little extra crispness. And the teams they I mean the teams they lost to on the road this year were just atrocious. I mean Miami, Jacksonville. Detroit, they're going to play Pat Mahomes. I'm, I'm sorry, that does that that spells disaster. So even though on paper I have to have the New England this Patriots, and even though on paper I have to have New England just by virtue of having that pick to force Andre to pick the Super Bowl correctly, because uh, if I agree with him, I'm basically just giving up. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, by the official word, I will have the Patriots tomorrow. I don't like it. 
because if I were left to my own devices and I could truly pick this game, I have the Chiefs 31-23. There we go. Uh, See, and even even that's not huge. That's the same eight-point decision that I have the Saints by, and that's not a lot. That's that's covering the spread. I I think that game is not as close as the score. I think okay, that I was about could be some garbage time to get some back. Stuff. Yeah, I do. Okay. Patriots are going to have a hard fair. time tomorrow. I, I mean, the, the Arrowhead is going to be so unkind. The only way the Patriots win that game is if they jump all over the Chiefs early. Um, and even even if they do, I mean, the Patriots could come out and be up 21 nothing. I don't think that scares Mahomes or Andy Reid or that offense at all. But – the only way I think the Patriots win is if they come out, they pour it on, and they just don't stop. I don't think anything scares uh, Pat Mahomes or Andy Reid, and that's pretty much why I'm picking them. Um, so I, I, really simple is uh, this, this kid's special. There's something about Pat Mahomes that's different than all the other kids that I've seen come down the pike. He's got such a, a different air of confidence about him combined with the howitzer. Uh, and as a result of that combination, you've seen him make some plays that you just have never seen any other quarterback make. That's just, just call it what it is. He's, he's made some throws that you've never seen before, and it's not just one or two. It's like it felt like every week for a while that yeah. he was making another throw that made you go, "Oh my god, what was that? I've never seen that before." And, and also, I didn't even get to what stood out to me was that nobody really talks about in that first matchup that. The Patriots were sort of like, you know, Mahomes was sort of bewildered, kind of mystified by the Patriots' defense in the first half of that game, and he pulled nothing in the second half. He lit them up in the second half of that game at Foxborough. Like, oh, okay, I've seen everything you got, and now I'm just going to light you up and <laughs> and, and and turn the game that uh, wasn't looking very interesting into a very interesting game. And yeah, I, I so sorry. No, I throw that out there. That's won not that a game by himself. Yeah, this last week was everybody's like, well, he went up there and he lost. Yeah, that's that's the easy way to look at it. That's the lazy way to kind of look at it as they went to Foxborough and they lost. But if you look within the game, the game within the game, they adjusted to that Patriots defense. He he figured it out. Yeah, it's, again, not that not that the Patriots defense is incredibly difficult to figure out but yeah to your point the kid could have turtled and and said oh this isn't my night I'm just gonna pack it in uh and instead made the adjustment came came out in the second half and and put the screws to him and almost led him all the way back to victory very exciting game very fun to to watch that Sunday nighter uh so some of the thumbnails that I got from uh some of the podcasts that I was listening to this week uh, again credit to the PFF podcast and the around the NFL podcast Kansas City plays more man cut co- <clears throat> more man coverage than zone which is uh that zone defense is what got the the San Diego Clippers destroyed and dominated against the the Patriots last week cuz Tom Brady was just whatever do whatever direction he wanted to go just right in between defenders easy peasy you know pick and pop um and, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to allow that to happen cuz they play a lot more man up <clears throat> And uh, in that last meeting that uh, they were talking about, uh, that New England KC game, New England sent a lot of blitzes at Pat Mahomes and gave up 352 yards and four touchdowns. 
so I don't know if they want to do that again or if they want to lay back and try to uh, drop coverage and, and make him beat you that way. But I don't think that's going to work very well either. I don't, I, I don't know if there's too much New England could do to, to stop Pat Mahomes. I don't know if there's too many tactics they could possibly pull. Uh, New England, uh, here's a very fun stat that uh, somebody on the Iranian NFL podcast brought up that I think you'll probably get a very good giggle out of as well. I know I laughed uh, when I listened to this. New England with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's record with the Patriots in games that are 30 degrees or less, the Patriots are 30 and 6, right? 30 of those games, 30 of the 36 were at home versus Buffalo and the New York Jets. <laughs> Take that 30 degree shit and throw it out the window. Get the fuck out of here with that. You play the Bills and the Jets all the time. Of course, your record is going to be good. Get the hell out with that statistic. Tom Brady in the cold is not any much greater than any other quarterback. He's great because he's because he has the ability in the cold. This happens to in the cold and teams. If it's a blizzard, though, different story. I, I'd be all over the Patriots in a blizzard. Oh well, you got to find Matt Castle for that, so we can go beat the Titans fifty-nine to nothing. Uh, <laughs> as we were talking about uh, in Week Six, New England uh, in a very impressive, uh, exciting Sunday night game uh, held on to beat the Chiefs forty-three to forty. Yet another undefeated streak broken up. That's another. Uh, interesting coincidence about these two games is that uh, the two earlier matchups busted up undefeated seasons. The Rams were 8-0 and before they lost to the Saints, and the Chiefs were 5-0 and before they lost to the Patriots. Uh, Brady went for 340 in that game, only one, touch, only one touchdown throw. He was sacked twice. Uh, Tony Michelle <clears throat> did the, the running in that game and had a, a, a good evening, 24 carries for a buckle, six and two TDs. So, uh, that's something the Chiefs have to try to shore up. Uh, Mahomes, as I mentioned, 352, four touchdowns, but two interceptions, was not perfect. Had some uh, missed throws, but other than that, most people agree he had a, a very, very impressive evening up at Foxborough. Uh, Tyreek Hill went off on that in that game, seven for a buck 42 and three touchdown catches. Uh, and I don't know if the Patriots have found any answers for that since then. Uh, 23 degrees is the game time temperature forecast for tomorrow. It's much better than what they were predicting at the beginning of the week. They were uh, throwing out the zero word for a while there, but it's not going to be quite that cold. It's probably going to feel like it's zero, but at least it's not going to be zero. Still going to be cold. Uh, Reminds me of that that stat about Tom Brady in 30 degrees or less when he's playing against shit teams. Uh, Just always going to make me laugh every time I think about any time that from here on out, when they talk about Tom Brady's record in the cold, I'm always going to get a belly laugh out of that because 30 of those games are against the Bills and Jets. So stop. Uh, New England's run blocking, not their strong suit. Sony Michelle will hit the hole uh, when it's open for him. So we've seen that the last uh, week or two, but, KC's leaky. Uh, I called them their run defense leaky last week, and you're like, that's being generous. Uh, so that leaky defense, they can get popped in it. So that's uh, the angles that me about New England uh, is what if they get going on the ground? And here comes Sony Michelle and James White that just keeps getting chunk yardage on the ground because the, the Chiefs will allow you to get chunk 
chunk yardage on the ground, and we've seen that uh, all throughout the season. Uh, the New England coverage is capable of some pathetic efforts, as we know, uh, very low awareness, uh, and they're going to give us a veteran-like football instinct of Pat Mahomes. That's another part of what impresses me about him. It's not just the arm. It's that he plays like an old guy. He played with the eye discipline and the different arm angles and you know, just takes whatever it takes to get the ball there. That's what he does. Just like some guy that's been in the league for 14, 15 years, whatever it takes. Uh, but he's so young and he's got what he needs to pull out the, the 90 mile an hour fastball arm. He's, he's, he's still got that. And he's just, he, he plays like a guy that's been around for forever. And he's got that coach Andy Reid that really has been around forever. And that combination is just, uh, it's incredible right now. Uh, Kid, uh, like a, he's not like any kid quarterback, as I was just talking about before. He's, he's got no chill. He, he just doesn't care. Uh, he's going to get it done however he's got to get it done. This is a lot of old versus new in almost all facets. When you talk about Brady and Mahomes, the biggest differential in quarterback ages in the history of, of playoff football, biggest differential in experience, um, even comparing to tight ends, you got the old – Gronkowski versus the sort of younger Travis Kelsey. He's not that much younger than Gronk, but he is younger. Um, but KC's youth is special, man. They're not just young. They're young and really, really good. When you talk about Tyreek Hill, when you talk about Pat Mahomes, and you talk about the different ways that they get things done uh, offensively, it's just uh, amazing to watch. Uh I see some uh, some hard overthrow. I see Kansas City sort of starting a little slow as well, just because the the moment uh, Mahomes when he's got a big game like that, he'll he'll throw some balls a little too hard. So I see some overthrows early. Uh, I see him sort of having to adjust to get his bearings and calm down a little bit. But I think to your point, Casey has the the, the pressure from. Uh, D4, Justin Houston, Chris Jones, uh, to get up in Brady's face and, of course, bust him in the fucking mouth, which is how you beat the New England Patriots. And I think that's going to allow that New England doesn't take too much advantage of Pat Mahomes starting off a little hyped up and overthrowing. Uh, so I don't think they're going to go 14 and nothing like the Eagles did against the Saints. They may go up. They may go up 6 nothing, 10 nothing, something like that. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, up and down the field for two drives and, and two scores. Uh, so while he adjusts, I think Kansas City gets in Brady's face, makes him uncomfortable, and then the kid settles in and just plays that special kind of football he's been playing all year and goes crazy. Uh, and the Chiefs put him away in the second half. Uh, and they even made a, a move during the week that made me really excited. Like, hey, they, they know what's going on. They see – they see the same things that we see. It's never too late to correct a mistake. It's never too late to right a wrong. The Chiefs cut Ron Parker this past week. Oh, my God. They know. They know how temptation. awful he's been. Resist the temptation. <laughs> Somebody must be listening to this show. <laughs> they know. They, they Come on. They had to see the same shit that we've seen. That guy's been awful. Just yeah. awful in coverage. Eric Berry is supposed to go, uh, which cannot be understated. If he I'm goes, a... if even 60% of Eric Berry, that's a big get for them. And Spencer Ware might come back, too, to, to be back yeah. up running back. So 
So I'm all over Kansas City. Uh, I got them 37 to 24. I think uh, in the end they just run over the Patriots and put them to bed. All right. You got the X factor here, or uh, for the game? I I do. I um I, I like these uh, receivers to go deep for Kansas City uh, every now and then. You don't know who they are, but you know Andy Reid's good for pulling out some long bomb to somebody you don't know. So uh, Chris Conley is my X factor. I, I predict a 60-yard touchdown catch for him. I almost took him as my X factor, but because I am forced to take the Patriots, I'm going deep on the Patriots depth chart. Because that's usually what they do, right? Who's that guy who's going to come out and have a, a game or a bunch of catches or a bunch of runs? Uh, whoever wanted to hear your X Factor waited two hours. Now they have to listen to the podcast here. But go ahead. The music played over me saying Rex Burkhead. Ah. <laughs> The third the man in line F chart. But the Patriots, the Patriots have a way. I tried it with Dwayne. If Dwayne Allen goes crazy, I do get an X Factor <laughs> uh just on even calling him out last week. Uh but and being a week off, but no, I'm 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 looking at Rex Burkhead, um, see if they're gonna try to mix him in and get him a few rushes. I could see him having, you know, maybe five carries and a few catches out of the backfield, maybe making an impact. Could even uh sometimes he's even out there on special teams, so There you go. The, the Patriots just they do that weird shit, right? Somebody gets a weird turnover, oh, yeah. somebody makes a play, somebody busts a tackle, they, they do no business doing it. Yeah. It's it, the Patriots win tomorrow. It's going to take some of that that crazy New England magic, where they where they just get completely outplayed, but somehow win the game. And same with me. I, I get a carryover if Chris Hogan decides to go off and have a big game because that was my X factor last week. And instead, Philip Dorsett decided to go crazy and, and have some big yardage. So yeah. I didn't I know if they could trust him or not. James White went crazy. Well, he went uh, crazy with the possessions. Uh, Dorsett has uh, some big catches uh, individually, but yeah. White just kept getting catches and kept moving the the, the chains and That'd being be that possession guy. Fifteen. Fifteen catches. Fifteen catches. Hey, if they, if they don't stop it, just keep doing it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see if the Chiefs have – what are the Chiefs going to try to – Restrict? Are they going to st- are they going to sell out to stop the run? Are they just going to try to get that pressure in Brady's face? Would clearly, I think the way you beat them is you you go after Brady. That's the way you beat them. Yeah, no, I, I right? agree. I think uh, I mean, whatever that, uh, Super Bowl when the Patriots had to come back against Atlanta, the moment the comeback started was when the when the pass rush stopped. Exactly. So Atlanta was uh, yeah. in the backfield for that game. Um, and and then once the Patriots kind of shored up that, that offensive line or they started going to that quick stuff and they negated the pass rush of Atlanta or Atlanta just got tired, <laughs> it was a combination of all those things. And Brady could just stand back there and, and pick him apart. That whole thing went to shit. I think Kansas City will uh, allow New England to sort of run over them and – but I think somewhere along the way, boy genius Josh McDaniels uh, will not be able to resist, and he'll have to start trying to call some some passes for Tom Brady just because he, he can't let Tom Brady 
throw for like 100 yards and have them run for 250, which they've done something similar to that uh, once or twice this season. But in the playoffs, in the conference final game, they're not going to have it where Brady only attempts like 12 or 14 passes. So however much they – however much New England runs, they will eventually start trying to throw Tom Brady just because they have to because it's the playoffs. Uh, and that's when the, the Chiefs do what they can do to, to get pressure and, and hurry him and bust him in the fucking mouth. And, yeah, that's exactly how they're going to wind up beating New England. Now, if New England just runs all over them uh, and, and keeps running and runs it 40 times as, uh, versus 15 passes, that's, that might be the smartest way to go about it. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're not going to be able to resist having Tom Brady try to throw. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. It, it, the the Patriots will have way too many pass attempts. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they are controlling the ground and controlling the clock, and then they start to try to get cute. You know, all of a sudden they go on a drive where it's like 12 passes in a row. And, it, you know, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So we legitimately agree on that game, although on paper I will be stuck with the Patriots. Yep, you're on record. We definitely have your uh, real picks on record on the podcast, but, of course, your uh, phony picks to go against me, uh, one of them is phony, uh, that we'll be putting up on the blog. Yeah, I wished I'd had the sense to disagree with you on a second game last week, but the hard part is just knowing which one. I mean, how do you – Yeah. How do you – you pick that out, you know, because then I could just be straight up against you on Rams and Saints tomorrow for all the marbles. Uh, but if the Rams do pull out that first one, oh, that makes that 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 gets to be sweating time for that second game. It does. I, I would love to put the season away in the first game and not have to worry about it. I really would. <laughs> and of course, that would also mean that uh, the Saints, the team that you had going to and winning the Super Bowl, uh. um would would then advance. And there's no way you could get them to the Super Bowl and then pick against them in the Super Bowl. So you're sort of tied in. You are married to the Saints. So what I need I'm all to have in happen, on the New Orleans Saints. What I need to have happen is I need the Saints to win by one. <laughs> right? And the Chiefs to win by one. <laughs> uh. Both teams could win by one. And then you are then forced to take the Saints over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Which the Saints will be about a two and a half, three point favorite there. Right. And then I have to sweat yep. out the Super Bowl. Hope the Chiefs don't lose that by two. If it somehow ends up being a Rams Patriots Super Bowl, you're going to be a nervous wreck for two weeks. Correct. Just a quivering, oh. nervous wreck. <laughs> walking around talking to myself. I'll be muttering. I'll be like, how did this happen? How the fuck did. Oh, my God. How did this happen? Oh. I will not be uh, somebody you want to be around the next two weeks if that happens. Yeah. So you been... like, you've got a Saints Chiefs Super Bowl, and I have a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. I've already been spending the last week cussing everybody at work just because of the, the Bears kicker. Just that, that's oh. my excuse for anything. Anything at work that I got mad at, blame the Bears kicker. I'm still pissed at him. Two weeks now. I. I thought I called it one week, but it's been two weeks. It's been that long. It feels like it just happened. So it would have been, it, yeah, it would have been interesting to have them sneak through, and and I believe that was the Rams. They then would have gone to play. Yes. Yep, and I I know I would have picked them too. Over yeah. the Rams. 
I would have, that would have been that would have been an interesting game. I mean, the Bears with that defense uh, getting through. But that would have I mean, been the, the, the Ravens with their defense would have been very interesting uh, last week if, if Lamar Jackson could have played any better than he did. Right, and that would have been since they were the four seed. They would in the Colts won, so the they would the Baltimore would have played New England. Oof. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah and, you, and you know who I want to pick there because we know uh, the Ravens totally. know how to go up to New England and beat them. Well, even if they didn't win, even if the Ravens went to New England and they didn't win that game, they would have had Tom Brady pretty well tenderized. Right. We know they know how to play Tom Brady, so yeah, I, I think they would have won if they are not afraid. <laughs> oh no, no. If, if Lamar Jackson could have put forth a representative effort uh, against the Chargers. I think he would have been able to do it just fine against the Patriots defense. And uh, so I, I think they would have won that. Uh, in the minor news, it was either today or yesterday, John Harbaugh went from getting fired to a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if he's, that's not a... Maybe a cut of that goes to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> that's not a surprise at all. Yeah, the man was being rumored to be, be fired. He was rumored to be on the hot seat when were traded, right? Like they were gonna trade him. Like teams were actually right. like going to fire about trading for, for the coach. Because that's a thing now in the NFL where you can trade for a coach. And now the yeah, now Baltimore is like, nah, we're I think we think we'll keep him. <laughs> He's all right. Well, that was the whole strategy behind keeping Lamar Jackson in the game, in the in the bad playoff game against the Chargers. They are, they are, I think that's that's couple now <laughs> right I think that was the whole strategy it was hey he's yeah. a kid quarterback his career is just starting he, he, he I'm I'm gonna say that he's my guy and I'm gonna keep him in this game and I, I, look you, you got to be fair to me this this kid is just starting you can't fire me now he, I, I got a new guy in there you, you can't blame that on me he's brand new you have to give right. us some time together you have to give us you know another three or four right. years at least and Joe Flacco now gets to go be a, a dolphin or a or a jaguar. Yeah, well, you know, he's got a ring, so I'm not. I don't feel too sorry for him. Hey, it makes the jaguars better, right? Well, anyone makes the jaguars better, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how much he's got left. Uh, you know, he he shows some sparks early in the year, but. Yeah. He kind of fizzled out the way he has done the last few years. So, I, you know, he, he's going to start a, a journey as a veteran that goes from team to team, I would think. And just, it, maybe he's the next Steve DeBerg that you just you look up one year and he's just an, he's on another team and then another one and another one. And, you know. Right. Or he could go and have that go. Everyone always wants to have the Kurt Warner career renaissance, right? That's, sure. I think, the gold standard, right? You, you have the highest of highs. Then he has that stretch with the Giants where it couldn't get much worse, and they basically try to almost could almost run him out of the league. They send him at that point, which would have been to the last outpost of the NFL, which was Arizona, right. and Abbott takes that team back to a Super Bowl and almost wins it. Mm-hmm. So you've been calling the uh, Arizona Renaissance for Eli Manning for a few years now. I, I you know, it's not going to happen. The window's shut. He's, I guess the Giants are married to him now. Huh? No, I mean the the Cardinals aren't. I mean they got Josh Rosen. And oh, the Cardinals they got their kid. Yeah, 
Yeah, the Cardinals got their guy. So there wasn't like there was, you know, when when the opportunity would have been there for him to go, which would have been, I would say, immediately after Carson Palmer with his 14th career-ending injury, um, that would have been the time to go and make a move like that um, last year or even the year where they draft Rosen. and But then you have Eli there to kind of be that sort of stopgap guy to go there and and, and and revitalize that that career. No, I think I think Eli's just done, like Brady Quinn done. Oh, yeah, not good. That, that's done. Now I'm done. Uh, I, I I got that drop. I got the other uh, the outro drops. I'm, I'm gonna uh, fix those uh, in the off season. I'm gonna go. Uh, where I put fades on all of them so I don't have to sit here and fade it out manually. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to run it through the software so I can take care of that. So that's definitely a project I got for the off season that I'm going to uh, be taking care of. Uh, Cause that's, that's really a uh, minor league when you, when I, I play the outro music and then you hear me taking the volume down little by little by hand, because that's the only oh, way you can fade something out on this website. I've had to do that too on, yeah. on the outro. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm also be taking care of that. that the volume like sort of spikes and then dips during the intro. So the the reason for that is that last year when I first put that intro together, it was too light. It was always every time I did it and redid it and redid it and and uploaded it, it was always too light. And so finally, I uh, jacked up the volume to where it was. You know, the levels are going off the page. And that's the only way you could really hear my voice uh, in the intro last year. So this year they got a new uh, 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 the 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 initial volume is is different now, uh, and, and that's where it's frozen. I can't change that. So the only way I can get it where it's not just black, where my voice isn't blasting through your speakers, is to turn it a little bit down as soon as it hits the air. But I can't turn it down for the the, the start. The, no matter where well, I put the level, it's going to start at the same place every time. So that's why I have to manually turn it down as soon as it starts. But it. last year I I had to had it had to have it jacked all the way up because their starting point was was lower than it is this year. So that's on Vlog Talk Radio. I don't know why they changed the volume level like that. But maybe that's another project. I'll go back and and turn it back down again. Uh, for next year, and, and hopefully that it won't be too uh, too soft again. So uh, there's always a little back and forth with with that well, stuff. Hopefully, I'll be the one picking the intro music next year. Uh, the, the odds are very slim. You would have yeah, to it, go three the rest of the way, but it, it could happen. I was about to say, if I have an epic collapse, then you'll be picking the theme so theme music next year. No pressure. No pressure. Come on, nope. Chiefs! Come on, Saints! The points don't line up for yeah. Even a push, a push wins it for you. So, uh, you're 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 also safe on that standpoint too. So if that's you know Saints by a field goal, Chiefs by a field goal, you you are the winner. I wound up waiting until tonight to pick on uh, uh, NFL uh, on the uh, on the NFL pick. <clears throat> excuse me, on the NFL pick watch site. I wound up waiting until tonight to make my picks for that. 
And all week, the, like we've been talking about, it had been Saints minus three and a half, and then tonight it went to three. It went to three on that site too. So all these oh. other guys that that picked the Saints and they got them at three and a half, and I got them at three. Yeah. I think when I think when you make that pick, you got that that line is frozen right there. I think you can uh, switch to a, a different team. I think you can change it to the to the uh, uh, to the Rams if you wanted to, but I think you're stuck at three and a half. You know, no matter what which side you right. pick. So that that's another uh, – if you think the spread might come down, then that's a situation where you might want to wait before you make that pick. So that's another little uh, lesson that I picked up throughout the uh, throughout this season is some of, some of these lines, if you think they're a little out of whack and you think you want to get uh, the other side, yeah, just wait. Just be a little patient, and it might come down to where you like it. Okay. Well, it's good, good tips there for you uh, for the – NFL pick watch site. I know you've been, you were, you were talking to me about trying to get on there for next year and using that as a, a place where we could stack up our picks. It doesn't change what we're doing here, but as a, as a place, yeah, but just to something kind of, to have some metrics to compare our, our picks and what teams that we're good at and bad at and things like that. Right. Which we could do, which we used to do manually believe it. Oh yeah. my God. I used to just sit there with the notebook and go through it every week and figure out how we did, and oh, man. That is yeah. Like I was saying on the previous show, I would do that at my old job, and they would be looking at me like, what in the hell are you doing over there? It looked like I was radio you know, college-level statistics class or something. But, right. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was someday in training. I'm gonna, someday I'm going to score baseball games for the mob, and I'm going to have my <laughs> own radio. Hey. The checks keep clearing, man. That's all I. That's all I know about that. The checks keep clearing. All right, I think it's about time for us to wrap up the football part. Seinfeld, you know, Johnny Four Fingers for Chelly or something like that. Somebody's using that information probably for a lot more. Uh, it's probably a lot more valuable than what they're paying us, but uh, okay. For now, we're just doing what we're told. That's all I can tell you. To go sit out at the ball yard and see some great players, and you give me good tips all the time. So, I, I, I if it's the mob, I don't mind. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I can honestly say I have no idea. That's right. Uh, plausible deniability. We all have it. We 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 don't know. <laughs> they don't tell us anything. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no. So what you're saying is your checks are actually coming from some shell corporation in the Cayman Islands. Uh, they they say they're in a town in Pennsylvania called Cop- Copley or Copley oh. or something like that. But sure. That that's Yeah, that, that's what's on the face of the check. That's all I know. I'm telling you, that's all I know. You take that to the bank, you get money back. That That's all I can tell you. That, that's all I got, officer. <laughs> oh, man. So we are back Sunday night next week for Honors and Dishonors. That's a fun show. I, I, I always look forward to that yeah. one. Stuff that we give our award here um, is always fun. Yep, yeah, keeping our notes and keeping up with stuff. And, of course, I'll uh, go back uh, this week and try to see if there's anything I missed and sort of comb over everything and figure out my player of the year, uh, who's the shit, who's the drizzling shit. I, I really haven't sat down and done a lot of those awards and figured out. Well, I've but, already got 
my player MVP and LVP because uh, you do shit and drizzling shits where I have most valuable player and least valuable player. Um, so in my head, I've already got a bunch of my categories uh, figured out. Um, I just got to go through and get into a couple of the deeper dive ones that I have. Well, there you go. We will have all of that ready to go for your listening pleasure next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, is there anything else that happened this week that we wanted to get into before we get out of here? Uh, two hours and 20 minutes of that is uh, – I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I am still – I don't know if you can tell, but I am at the very still at the very tail end of this damn cold. Oh, what's going on up there weather-wise? Because this has been a, a crazy day weather-wise uh, you know, all over missed, the country. We missed the snowstorm. So, believe it or not, uh, being as far north as I am actually helped us on this one. Um, in the town that I work in last night, I left work and we had maybe a dusting of snow. There was maybe a half inch of snow down. By the time I got home last night, there was no snow. And when I got up this morning, it was maybe, maybe just a dusting of snow to the point where it wasn't even like, you know, you noticed it when you were driving at all. Um, but areas south of here, you get down by Chicago, Chicago got a bunch of snow, Madison, Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, yeah so from my area south, they got hit. Uh, I know you got some storms came rolling through there. It was like yesterday morning. Uh, it was when I woke up and I was looking at everything or is this morning you were getting slammed with some, like some thunderstorms had gone through, but yeah, we, we missed, we, we pretty much missed it all. We've got another batch of snow uh, set to hit here on Tuesday, but what we're getting right now is the cold. <laughs> I mean, that that's where we are. I think tomorrow we're supposed to be single digits. Um, yeah. So I know you miss that. I, I know you do. I, I knew it was, extremely cold up there because it's extremely cold down here so when it's cold down here it's really cold up there yeah yeah we're looking tomorrow a high of eight <laughs> with low of minus six. Oh god uh yeah no I, I don't miss that at all no we had uh the about the strangest weather uh the last couple of days just as far as you got everything you, you we ran the gamut so Last night, of course, you just talked about all the uh, the thunderstorms that we had come through that uh, they were so loud they woke me up in the middle of the night. Uh, so it was still raining this morning when I drove to work, but it was 50 degrees when I left the house and drove to work. And and raining, but not raining too hard. It was still drizzling a little bit. The There was a little bit of daylight for literally like an hour and a half in the middle of the day. I'm looking out the window at work, and, and I could actually see a little bit of not sunshine, but daylight. You could actually see that it was, it was light out there. Then it got really dark. Then it started raining like hell. Then the temperature dropped 20, 25 degrees, like instantly, and it's and the wind started whipping. So I get out of work at, at 3.30. It's cold as fuck. I don't know exactly what the temperature is, but it's not anywhere near the 50 degrees when I left the house this morning. So I drive from there to the gym. By the time I leave the gym, I think it's going on 5 o'clock. It's snowing. It's actually <laughs> snowing in like Memphis, Tennessee. Like locked down, right? <laughs> right. The whole city uh, literally uh, was at the grocery store all yesterday and today because they knew that, that this was coming. This, it wasn't completely out of the blue. We we did forecast it, but it was still just stark to go through how warm it was this morning. Uh, and then this afternoon, it's, it's cold and, and snowing, and, and the wind is just 
it feels like it feels like Chicago is it was whipping so hard. So it it was strange. That that's about the most different weather patterns you can get in a single day, just about. Uh, but yeah, it, it's crazy. And then I don't thankfully I, I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be uh, the the streets are going to be not very nice because of uh, the the icy temperatures and the and the precipitation and all that stuff. I got a feeling it might be kind of treacherous out there. So thankfully, I know I'm going to be in the house all day tomorrow, enjoying this great football and uh, dreading having to go to work Monday. But at least I don't have to go in tomorrow. I, I got a feeling tomorrow is going to be just a mess. Yeah, well, yeah, because you go down to Memphis, they have all of zero snow removal equipment. They have uh, kitty litter. They have like sand and 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 uh, I don't know what the, this crap is. They put it they put in the road yeah. to try to, but it's not it's not salt. They they need salt to, to to get rid of this ice, and they don't have salt. Instead, they have like kitty litter. Yeah. When I when I lived in Montana, they had sand. They used sand out there. They did not use salt on the road on, and, and on most of the country roads in town. Maybe salt, but mostly sand, just for a little traction. Yeah. I figured every. Everybody probably drove four by fours, anyways, except for me. I've been driving my How sedan. does that work? I, I, I just assume they, they get the sand. No, I know how that works, but I assume oh. they have the sand down here because they don't want to invest in the ice because the ice isn't that prevalent up here. The ice is very prevalent in Minnesota, in, in Montana, I, I presume. Uh, yeah, actually, the winters out there were much more mild than they are here where I live now. Believe it or not. Oh. Okay. No, I didn't know that. I assumed it was like uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin in Montana. No, because I, I, where I lived when I was in Montana, I was in the I was up way. I was actually west of the Continental Divide, so we actually got all the Pacific. Oh, okay. The snow was uh, unless the unless the winds were coming straight out of the north, straight down the from the Canadian Rockies. You were generally, if you got a westward flow, you're getting all the you know you're getting everything coming right off the Pacific Ocean. So most right. of the time. Most of the winter, honestly, we were thirty to forty degrees. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, that Towards, explains it. I always out of the winter, you'd get like that big northerly wind, and it'd be twenty below for like a week. <laughs> you know, <laughs> most of the time it was like thirties during the day, and you know, and, and and very and very humid. So damp. So it, it was that. It was that 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 wet cold all winter. Oh. Uh. Oh no! I, I I would I would take the I would take that Montana weather summer winter spring and fall over what I deal with here in Wisconsin. <laughs> you know the dry heat in the summer, which is just the best. You know, oh it's ninety five degrees with nine percent humidity. Yeah, that is much better than say Memphis uh, yeah. when it's like a hundred percent humidity. Because there's no moisture in the air so it's like as soon as the sun goes down you're sitting outside you you'd be sitting outside i'd be sitting on my deck in like a t-shirt as soon as the sun dipped behind the mountains i would be in a sweater (laughs) just like that air conditioner off windows open and for the next eight hours it was just beautiful and then as soon as the sun crept over the mountains on the other side of the valley you turned on the air conditioner because it was just like boom Yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of of you being in Montana for a, a while, but I always forget how much how much farther west you were. I always kept kind of associate Montana in my mind with up like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, up north. But it's not was farther north, I believe, than I am here. You know, so ah. but 
it was so far west, you know. Yeah. I was actually so far north that uh, in like the, the like around the summer solstice, you know, on those two or three longest days of the year, it never got completely dark. Wow. I mean, I would go. I remember I would be able to go out like you know if I had to let the dogs out or something. I remember it was like June twenty first, so it's the longest day of the year, and it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm standing on my deck. I could see, like you know, not like it's daytime, but it, you know it was bright enough in the Northern sky where the sun was not completely down. Like it was like twilight in the North. And then by me, it was dark, but it was still bright enough that I did not need to have like porch lights on or anything standing outside. Very weird. Yeah. I don't know how people up can, like in Alaska, Iceland or any of those places can do that where it just doesn't get dark in the summer. I was just about to ask, but could you see Russia from your house? That's the real question. Uh, no. No, and oh. then the weird, the other part of that was in the summer and the winter time, when like the dead of winter, where the sun didn't come up until like a quarter to nine. Oh, yeah, and that would Imagine be very that. strange. The sun would come up at like a quarter to nine and be down by like four. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah, that would be very. No, you there was so much better than the climate here. We always read about uh, in in Sports Illustrated when we were younger about that uh, that one day in Alaska that it's sunshine twenty four hours uh, and they play a baseball game at midnight and it's they don't have to turn the lights on because it's completely bright outside and I I, I still want to try to to attend that one day I don't know how I would make it up there but um, you know. I want to put together the money Monday, maybe to go uh, to, to to do something like that, or uh, certainly uh, an Alaskan cruise. My wife and I wants to want to do that someday. Uh, but yeah, that that one bucket list that's probably not my number one bucket list is to go up and do the Alaskan cruise or go see Alaska or something. I, I will do it. I mean, but yeah, I I, I totally. Uh, I totally am with you on that one. I want you know, and, and I don't even need to get like above the Arctic Circle where it's you know daytime for the full twenty four hours. Just the fact that it could be daytime for twenty hours or twenty two hours <laughs> is just that that's so odd to me, you know. And then the opposite. Yeah, that's cool know, enough. Time right? and it's light for two hours. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's hard to imagine. I don't like it when it's cloudy and dark in the morning here. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. Oh, man. So, wait, 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 what were we talking about? Kings of non sequitur. We we get into anything and everything, folks. We're almost back uh, to uh, Kings of non sequitur season. Can you believe it? It's, it's coming up very, very quickly. Um, quicker than I would have imagined. Yeah, I was just... Uh, looking at all the research that I was doing for this show tonight, and thinking, man, this is this is about it. After tonight, it's going to be one game to research, and that'll be that'll be it. It'll be time for the off season again. Let's bust out. We'll, we'll need a Kings non sequitur intro. That uh, and that, uh, yeah, uh, but we, I do have that uh, in the in the system. But, uh, but that it reminds me about uh, asking you. Uh, your plans about the, uh, the the baseball draft this year that I know you usually uh, drive down and get a hotel room the night before and whatnot. So uh, is that going to do this? Yeah, because I know it's Saturday the 30th. So I know that for sure. 
because uh, I actually did find the email and confirm. And then I know the the kick, uh, the first baseball games are all March 28th, which is so weird. Um, so I I do know that everything that I had seen said that March 30th, Saturday, March 30th, is going to be the greatest day in sports. So yeah, I will most likely be driving down there Friday for sure, and probably heading home on Sunday the 31st. So I know I'll be down there for that three day weekend. Yeah, what's what's going on here is my wife is saying that she's probably not coming to Chicago with me this year. Uh, we didn't go last year because she was sick, and right. she's probably she's probably skipping this year because uh, she's thinking that, uh, that she wants to save her money for something else. So now I'm sitting here wondering how am I going to pull this off? Because the last time I went to Chicago by myself, it was so long ago that my uncle still lived in the city, so I was able to oh, get up there. Yeah and then just take public transportation to his house. And since then, he's moved so far out of the city that there's no way I can get there uh, by myself unless I rented a car once I got up there. So instead, what I'm considering, but is, is not, it's certainly not final, um, is to fly in and like get a hotel room at uh, maybe the same hotel that you're staying at out there near O'Hare. And then that way you can just get me and drive me to the draft uh, and then drive back to the hotel, and then uh, I'll just fly back out uh, later on after that. And then I don't, I don't have to go into the city at all if I do it that way. Uh, there you go. Because that, yeah, you know, that could be a plan. It would. Yeah, it's it's so uh, expensive. If I fly up there, rent a car, drive uh, an hour and a half to where my uncle is, just to be able to save uh, some some money getting a hotel room, I might just spend the money for the hotel room and, and be done with it. Uh, because that's so there's so much money to be spent anyway if I do it that way. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kicking it around in my head. So we'll see. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. I, I usually I usually book my room a few weeks out uh, anyways. So that should be yeah. Just let me know and we'll figure it out. Yeah, you do let me know what uh, hotel you're going to be booking when you book it, and yeah. then I'll. Usually stay somewhere out in the Schaumburg area. It's, it's always there's good food out there. <laughs> okay, it's right by the highway. You know, it's accessible to everything. So, so as far as that goes, it's actually usually right by sort of get in, get out of Chicago kind of area, and then from there into town to where the draft is, it's maybe twenty twenty five minutes, maybe half an hour tops for me to get to the draft. And it's on a Saturday morning. There's never any traffic. We usually end up going to that. Uh, little family restaurant and meeting the loser for for breakfast, anyways. So, yep. You know, and it's oh. March, March thirtieth. So hopefully it's not like a snowstorm. It's, I remember the Chicago. One, it very well may be. I remember the last time or the t- two times ago that you were there uh, when there was all the ice all over the roads driving up oh. that morning that it was very wet and slick and icy. Like it had just got below freezing and I yeah. was slipping around. Yeah. I remember getting out of my car at that restaurant. Uh, it just like skating on the ice. I was like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the first time I'd ever driven the rental car by myself yeah. and had the snow completely covering the back window. Cause I just didn't even realize that it was there until I started driving. I was like, you know what? I'm on the road now. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just doing a Friday to Sunday thing. So I'm just getting in and getting out. 
yeah. Uh, and I might be even quicker than that. I might be Friday and then leave Saturday. <laughs> I might just get out right after the draft. So. And yeah, watch out because those are long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, it will be like a be like, well, you better get a, a taxi cab. No, it, it would. Knowing me, it would be the the, the cheapest uh, Southwest flight, which probably leaves at like nine thirty and gets back to Memphis at like eleven something. Yeah, well, we'll see. It, it, it is cheaper, but it, it might be worth it for me to just fly United and, and stay out of nowhere. Yeah, either way. I'll let yeah. you off at the train station. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Everybody enjoy your football tomorrow. Conference title games should be two really, really fun games. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to them, and I know you are too. Yeah, they'll be entertaining. I mean, at least this NFL at least do that for me. Entertain me. I'm with you there. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening and enjoy your football, the conference title games tomorrow, and come back and join us next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, for our 2019 NFL Honors Dishonored Talk. Year past 2018, and of course the playoffs this year included as well. All the different events and things that you might remember and things you might have forgotten. Uh, we will be chronicling all of those things, and we always have a lot of fun doing that show. So hopefully you have a lot of fun listening to that. Uh, so again, enjoy your football tomorrow, and we'll be back next Sunday night. Talk to you then. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.